Facebook land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. And if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason. And that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Pee Wee Herman's Word of the Day, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And Don Serrano, do you know what the Word of the Day is? What is the Word of the Day? The Word of the Day is Multiverse. Because multiverse! If- <laughs> because if you haven't noticed, we have been bevied with a whole lot of multiversal-style content lately. It is out of control. I don't, I mean, not to say I have any personal dabbles in alternate <laughs> worlds or, or realities, uh, recently, check out the, uh, now I feel like I'm in a comic book, right? Yeah. yeah. Asterisk. Check out the major issues annual. Psst. Um, but. Stan the man says. No, but between, um, you know, Enter Spider-Verse was coming out to theaters, yes, you know, it is. branching out the different multiversal Spider-Man, uh, between the Elseworlds crossover, which we will be getting into deep and heavy, um, and all of this, the, like. These but we've sp- also, we've also got the, the, um, the Avengers trailer that just came out that revealed yeah. that. Oh, uh, the the Ant Man made it out of the microverse. Exactly, and, and maybe the key to helping everyone solve this big calamity. It seems like the worlds we knew in various different forms have gotten way, way bigger. But thankfully, we are here to chop it up about all things multi, micro, and uh, uni yes. <laughs> versus versal. Right here as part of the Major Issues podcast. But yeah, let's let's get right into that Avengers trailer before we do a deep dive into the CW Elseworlds crossover. And what's funny is. Uh, our very first episode of the Major Issues podcast covers the Avengers trailer and the CW crossover. So this oh, yeah. is nice. this is a bit of a homecoming for the Major Issues podcast. But uh, that's a completely different movie. Where were you? Where were you when the trailer, <laughs> uh, you know, broke the internet? Where the where the, where the trailer, the tree uh, that fell in the woods fell? I I was just breaking up. Where are you? <laughs> and I turned on my phone and I just saw all the all the uh the the Twitter alerts and all that. I was like Avengers Endgame trailer. I was just like, well, this is happening now. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Something's happening. No, I thought that was I thought I uh, I was actually just get out of the shower. I was getting ready to leave for work. I actually ended up being ten minutes late for work because <laughs> I had to. Like, how could I not? Were you just? Did you just hun- like hunch over and start crying again? I I turned like <laughs> I was already. I had already turned off majority of my appliances. I was getting ready to like literally get out the door. And when I was told about the trailer, I walked back into my room, turned on my projector because this all you know. I didn't have to get into all the this. All can't just look at that on a small cell phone. No, so I um I I got it all in and I don't even know how I felt at the end of it. What it it's it's so weird how desperate slash I mean I guess kids in today's world call it thirsty. I was for <laughs> footage or any news regarding this movie. I I felt like with the long con game that they have been playing with like DC movies and Marvel movies, we get this stuff white. 18 months out sometimes yeah we knew about every step of suicide squad from like the beginning right all the way to when the film came out so the fact that this film is less than a year but away, i mean my very example too like uh what did, did dr strange only recently start filming right because we're hearing that like they're like, yeah but we knew months co- but we knew months ago that like it's probably going to be nightmare <laughs> no definitely and they said um i saw an article maybe today or yesterday that was like it's confirmed Doctor Strange has the same director. And I was like, 
I thought we dealt with this a long time ago. Right, which I'm happy about because I, I, you, you Scott like to Derrickson? see the same. You like to see the same um, driver for sequels and whatnot. Definitely. Um, and before you end up with the uh, the the Star Wars mess, where it's like different directors have fun with that. Is there a more important sequel than this film, though? Than than what we now know is called Avengers Endgame, uh, the the title that no one would possibly ever guess. Ever. <laughs> but it was set in an Avengers movie and people were like, uh, Endgame? And they're like, no, definitely not Endgame. <laughs> um, to a degree, no, because it, it is it is possibly the most uh impressive and ambitious cinematic undertaking ever. Yeah, like man. there 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 is nothing that has had this long of a connective tissue. The only thing close to it which isn't even really close to it at all is the idea that, like, yeah, we've been making James Bond's films since, what, the 40s? Yeah. Sure, but they're not connected. Right. There's no through line. We just tell a different Bond story, and occasionally the actor changes. Yeah. Um, this is, like, this This is connective tissue so deep that you almost can't jump in anymore. And I was thinking about that as well. You know, we, there, there was a lot of talk about whether or not this film even had to come out with a trailer. Yeah. And, you know, I was on the side that was... At least trying to li- like hypo- um, hypothetically live in a world where they didn't have to put one out. I was like trying to think of how that would work, and I'm like, you know, big banners with the with the date of the when the movie's coming out is all you need because sure. what I believe, and I could be completely wrong, is that no one's going into Endgame as their first Marvel's film. You know right. what I'm saying? Maybe you might get some stragglers, people bringing their dates, or their or it's not like you're bringing your kids. Like they would have seen everything else at this point. Right. They, what does this movie even mean to somebody who hasn't? Like we argued that um, Infinity War. What does Infinity War look to people who haven't seen everything? But I think that for the most part, Infinity War is fine. Like there might be a couple of personal relationship stuff that you don't get. There, there are there are small there are small eggs that you won't exactly crack because you don't like you don't have the context for them. Right, like you don't, no, you don't necessarily have the context for why Spider Man means so much to Iron Man. Yeah, or rather, I say why Peter Parker means so much to Tony Stark. Or what's going on between but Steve do, and, but and you do Tony? Under, yeah, you don't know why Steve and Tony aren't talking, but right. you do understand that like a child just died in front of Tony, and it's kind of had an effect on him. Yeah, <laughs> but they also do a lot of a lot of heavy lifting in that film, right? Because there's you know there's like the little speech that he gives about um, him being in space. Um, uh, that you 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 see Tony scold Spider Man, so you yes. get to see Spider Man's like, oh my god, I'm like fangirl kind of thing, and you yeah. get to see Tony's like, listen, you have to listen or you're gonna die kind of thing. Right. So you get that, and you get the gravitas of when he says like, we broke up like the Beatles, and Hulk's like, yeah. are you kidding me? How did you break up? It's just it's it is a shallower experience. Definitely, I you I can, would you say. can you yeah. can you can enjoy the movie, but it's going to be a much more shallow experience than if you've gotten all the the context going in. But is there any experience if you like what we talk about a shallow experience if you've never seen the MCU films uh, in seeing Civil, I mean Infinity War Endgame got to be an alien right at that point uh, is there anything to touch and like, Endgame you've got to be pretty thick in the mud yeah because you don't because it's too connected to the last film even if you explain the decimation that's the majority of what this film or what this trailer is showing is that slight not slightly is showing because you don't get to see the world really reacting to the decimation no. more than you get to see certain Avengers, uh, their their the mindsets, the survivors, and, and the, the the massive amount of survivors guilt uh, for Thor. Have you seen Thor? Thor is like 
this is I'd have I just gone for the head. You can see him thinking about, about it a million times over. I, I did everything I was supposed to do. He I, looks like I, a, he looks like a, a star batter. That was just like if I'd have just swung a second earlier. But that's another thing. Like Cap is gonna have no regrets because he tried his hardest. And you know, uh, same thing with other members of that team. But whereas... I think Cap's. Th- I think Cap has the same problem you get from early Cap. He has the, like the worst survivor's guilt. Yeah. No, totally. Because he's outlived all his friends. Not only that, but um, except Bucky. But the also the idea that he might be hell bent on fighting this everlasting war, and yeah. that means losing soldiers, friends, family members, right. left and right forever. Like we lost Bucky in the forties, then Bucky came back, then we quote unquote lost Bucky again. You understand? Yeah. Peggy Carter, we lost Peggy Carter. Then other members that he actually, you know, that actually disappeared to Charlie, right. people he's cool with, is like, and he lost the only best, like he lost one of his best friends he made in this new war, in this new world. Yeah, because he lost Sam Wilson. Yeah, and so it's like. I, there's no attachments. I just have to be ready to be a soldier. The only and, friend and fight. he ha- the only real friend he has left that he still speaks to is um, Natasha. Yeah, and who's trained? Which is just a beautiful through line for them. But yeah. Oh, and I didn't even think about that. She stood right to die from Civil War all the way to oh, Infinity yeah. War. Oh yeah. I ain't Natasha. From Avengers one all the way till now, it's been. Uh, um, I was say Chris and Scarlet. Oh, Chris <laughs> and Scarlet. It's been. Uh, 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 supposedly they're pretty good friends in real life. It's been yeah. uh, they were in a Steve movie and together. Natasha. Yeah, were they? They were like in one of those like college movies because oh, they were okay. both like young young actors running out. Sure. Like how he was on a not another team movie, right? And stuff. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that through through line for Cap in that way because uh, lo and behold, that we'll be talking about this uh, trailer with two humongous MCU Cap fans. Yeah, uh, uh, GT Rebirth is a huge MCU Cap. Captain America fan and comic book Captain America fan and I it, it made me a fan of the comic book character and same I understood it differently now and and with that I think that we were sort of kind of underserved in hmm. Infinity War okay um we got Cap yeah but like no real you get him being a dick to General Ross yeah <laughs> but, like I wanted the real shield or kind of like a newer version of the real shield. When right. you got the Wakandan shield, it's like, eh, I kind of get it. I don't it. care I for the Wakandan it. shields. It's just weird. It just it, was looks... a, it made for a cute line Yeah, of get this man a shield. Which would then make you think like, oh, they had like a vibranium capsule. Like some sort right. of hodgepodge. But it was just like, no, the, we got one in the closet if, right. you want, if you want to rock with it. I'd be okay if he didn't pick that shield up again. I, I, I think there's going to be like the time travel element so you'll see him with the classic one. Yeah. But because they make that reference to a new shield... Yeah. In, um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. I kind of want to see if they have the balls to pull out the detachable triangular shield that he had around his uh his all new, all different Marvel. His uh, you talking about his Hydra cap with that? Yes. He could shoot out the yeah. shoot out the the corn the the bottom of it to yeah. stab people. I like that. What about if they had the balls to go uh, Avengers of Tomorrow and it's that light shield, oh, that oh, the, the hologram. Shield? The what is it? The whatever some sort the of holographic like, light, hard shield. light. Yeah, construct. I wasn't a fan of that, that one. I always wondered how that worked and how you can throw something like that. But I mean, you know, I don't know about technology. Um, Cap, this is going to be a swan song for some of these heroes. Yes. Um, the somberness of that beginning of Tony Stark just floating through space. Yeah. They're, talking they're... to Wilson. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's in there and um, Mr. Sunday movies, which I, I like to review. He catches a lot of this stuff. Made a pretty good point. Which is that we, like him, like to go and do deep dives on some of these trailers, but 
if last year's uh, trailer and last year's episode uh, showed me anything is that there are probably two or three shots in this that are not going to be in the film at all. Yeah, the big charging scene from the last Infinity War, not even in the movie. Um, they removed whole gems from the gauntlet when, yeah. in, in certain scenes, so maybe there is more in that ship there, with a, Tony. Maybe there's less in that ship with Tony. The entire speech from the trailer isn't in the film at all. Yes. Where well, he talks about putting a smile on his face. Yes. Um, One does not uh, think about uh, <laughs> happiness when it comes to the balancing the universe. Yes. There, there, are, there are lines that are obviously displaced and placed in different parts of the scenery yeah. to throw you People off. are talking to different people. Yeah. It makes so it like, look like Gamora is talking to Tony, but they don't even right. see each other ever. Which is why I think it's funny because like people will get all up, upset about the idea that trailers give too much away. But I'm like, at least for Marvel, half those trailers are just lies. No, straight up blatant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Straight up blatant lies. The, um, the Ragnarok trailer gave them two eyes, and by the end of it, you're just like, oh, that's not what it looked like. Who do you think has the most interesting story to tell left in this? Um, It's a tough one for me because, like, in a linear fashion, you imagine that, that Tony Stark is the guy that gets the big win at the end. In the same way, and we'll get to this when we get there, that Ollie... Yeah. It's probably the person that's going to take on the most responsibility right. in their upcoming uh, big epic. Yeah, because like he's the beginning of this and like he could very well be the end of it for every reason. Like, you know, this all came through with Iron Man being a huge success. I mean, kind of be poetic if it was Cap because he was in the 1930s. But I, I, get would, what you, yeah. I get what you mean. Like, he has been the focal point of these, especially these right. Avengers films. Right. Right. Because this is the guy who wanted to turn down the invitation to the boy band. Right. I don't right. want to be in your little boy band, whatever. And then he was like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? I'm too confrontational to be in the Avengers. The, the, the very interesting thing between this movie and infinity war, when I was going into infinity war was there are only a few people that have a personal stake with Thanos. It was Thor and Tony. And, uh, Drax. Yeah, to a degree, but like, you, you, you knew Drax wasn't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Drax did have a personal stake, but like, I wasn't gonna... Ex- 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 actually, would've, I'm actually surprised he didn't just straight up kill Drax. Right. But... Um, yeah. I should say three. Um, Tony Stark, Thor, and Nebula. But like, that's that's a comic book wreck that like, probably won't ever come through. Yeah, the daughters. The daughters. You can put them together. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but like Tony's got the PTSD and he sees Thanos as this big thing in the back of his mind that he's been fighting with for his entire for like ever since the Avengers the New York incident happened. Yeah. And I actually, actually And Thor's got this cosmic sort of, you know, rivalry with the whole thing. Right. And, I, I'm actually kind of I guess I wouldn't say disappointed because And we'll talk about this too. Sometimes these are happy accidents, like when they pick up things that are dropped from other movies or, or um hmm. Uh, breadcrumbs that have been dropped in other movies, they pick them up for the sequels and try to resolve those kind of issues and stuff. I would have liked more if Tony had um, a deeper connection to the the, the the Thanos of it all. Right. Because it seemed like what he was bumping up a, a lot against is the unknowing unknowingness of the world past his. Right. And he was just un, very uneasy because anything could come out of that wormhole or, 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 yeah. Yeah, or, or, or the universe or whatever. And he always felt like he was a step behind because he, he's only one man and only, and only one Earth. Right. Um, but like he's almost haunted by Thanos by the time we get to Infinity War. Yeah. I wish there was more of like maybe him like seeing him in a dream or something. You know what I'm saying? Like 
there was no actual connection you to can argue Thanos he, the man. You and, can argue and, he uh, makes well, like because they don't show him visibly all the time. Yeah, but like, you can argue that he in some way connects the New York incident and Thanos to the vision he gets in Age of Ultron. Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool in Age of Ultron for him to see the throne or the C- or the glove? Certainly, and then you go or even his little floaty chair, right? And then you go like, oh, once I see this again, I know it's on because I've seen this before. Right, where I felt like he and that's fine. Like the the uh, we say it again, like he became an MVP because the PTSD drove him to the point that he felt like he needed nanites in his skin to <laughs> to uh, right to create this suit, and that's what got him as far as they it did in that film. But now. Stripped of the suit, we're back to Tony Stark in the cave, right? With scraps. Tony, you're in a you're in a like futuristic time travel vehicle. I'm pretty sure you can build like a microwave or Is he or, on the Milano? People are theorizing he's on the Milano, but the Milano got destroyed in Guardians 2 when they crashed it in uh-huh. on that planet with Ego, and then they just leave it. Remember? Oh, what did they leave in? I forgot then. They left an ego ship. Oh. That weird White and that was it's that that's what they're flying thing. in Infinity War and no they were flying in some other ship um in Infinity War oh okay so it, supposedly the uh the Milano is supposed to be named after Peter Quill's crush Alyssa Milano um <laughs> who I think was on Who's the Boss back in the eighties sure and so this she was what, a double dragon this I know ship that. this ship is called uh, the Benatar. So that's what we need. That's Pat, Pat Benatar. Benatar. Yeah. Uh, so we need that the Pat Benatar. Um, and I think that's what they're they're driving back in, or or okay. Tony Tony and Nebula are in. But the Milano is is trash. Poor thing. I loved it. it was God, orange that's and a, blue. That's a crap ship rate to be stuck with. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was like that. It was. I like the colors. I like the whole orange and blue color scheme of the Milano. But um, yeah. Nebula is is there in a life? She's got to have like. Nothing to live for, right? At this point, like I don't know. She's been trying she to stop my dad. She didn't seem to be concerned with helping anyone in Infinity War. Yes, uh, she, I mean she got she got caught in torture. I think at that point she was just like, "All right, I tried my plan without listening to anyone else's plans. Let's see what anyone else does. Anyone else she's got something just, better?" But like she's just sort of standing there watching them trying to get the glove off Thanos, yeah. and then when she realized what's happening to Peter Krull and how Peter's gonna mess it up, she's just like, "Well, this is happening." Oh yeah, just he probably, he probably watch killed this. Gamora. Gonna probably, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna incense the entire thing and yeah, then she's just the watch it. Dot, yeah, and then just watch it play out and not stop him. No, yeah, she's definitely the I one. I wouldn't that's be like, important oh, or anything. Wait a minute, but Neb Gamora and bop, bop, bop. no, yeah, she definitely causes more trouble than she uh, fixes to the point that if she wouldn't have got caught, then she couldn't be tortured, and then he wouldn't have found out what the Soul Stone was. Yada 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 yada. Just 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 kick Nebula upside her. Okay. I, 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 for nostalgia reasons, I was listening back to our um, Infinity War trailer breakdown daily. Um, no, Infinity War straight up review. therapy. Yeah, oh. our, our Infinity War episode, uh, therapy episode, where we just talk about the plot and stuff like that. And it turns out that I had found on Wikipedia something like that that um, Volmir, which is the planet that they found the, the Soul, Stone? Soul Stone on, and the is Red in the Skull? yeah, that's in the Cree. Like galaxy. Oh, is it? Uh, and Captain Marvel's a Kree. Yes. And maybe she knows about that Soul Stone. A half Kree, maybe. Uh, half Kree, know. something, something or other. Or she's a scroll. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that on another day. day on another day. But um, 
people are thinking that maybe it's going to be Captain Marvel who helps uh, Tony out there in space because she right. does the space thing. Maybe rescue because of that whole drop, that line about like um, out here without rescue or something yeah. like that. Uh, I am also postulating that Tony has been eating his suit little by little. <laughs> uh, he's I'm like, not I sure it's edible or even biodegradable. Would Tony Stark not make his suit edible, <laughs> biodegradable? I think I think he'd figure out a way to uh, put some salt on that thing and just make it work. Um, well, it smells like it, it tastes like cherry gummies. Hulk Hulk has to do with something stand out in this next one, right? Um, after the the uh, the, 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 the smashing he took, yeah. You kind of got to redeem that character. I yeah. mean, it's only fair. Like we we spent Infinity War redeeming Thor, so we may as well. A uh, soft soft tangent. Um, they, you know, um, Zack Snyder. Since I swear, since the end of Justice League, <laughs> oh, has been coming on and answering random questions that some people ask, some people don't, to to let people in on a couple of things. This has started a trend. Of people doing this now because since Infinity War, the Russo brothers have been answering questions like, Is this person really gone? Uh, what's going on? And one of the things that they said that people were a little bit, I, you know, they raised an eyebrow to was the idea that Hulk was not afraid of Thanos, right? How do you feel about that revelation? Do you feel like that's what came across on the screen? And do you think that their reasoning uh, works better than what we, I guess, uh, assumed from what we were given? Uh- yeah, it, it it certainly came across that like he took a beating and was just sort of like shut in by it. The the the, yeah. the, the idea that you know if 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 a bully actually gets beat up, he kind of curls into a shell because like didn't think that could happen. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I, I I could I get the idea that they're like no, it's a it's supposed to be some sort of identity battle between him and Banner. Yeah. Uh. I guess that would take some work to understand because it's always been like Hulk has been fighting for dominance over the over the body and now he's just kind of like, nah, I'm going to chill back here. And in a lot of ways, Hulk, Ruffalo, Banner, they're all underserved because they don't get the benefit of a full movie right. to flesh out these motivations, flesh out mind the, the, states. The We're only- supposed to do the connective tissue from like barely Avengers, more Age of Ultron, Ragnarok. The only uh, thing you can trace from is Ragnarok in the sense that the identity crisis traces back to the idea that everyone keeps trying to use Hulk for their own ends. And I think that we're going to get that in Captain Marvel. I think that both the Kree and the Skrull are are going to negatively manipulate uh, Danvers to be on their team. And that's what gets her to the point of like, screw you, (laughs) screw you, I'm going to live on another planet. And you with the eye patch. You call me only if people start to disappear. Right. Uh, I do think that that and and it would be a poignant, a a poignant point to make, especially in this political climate, right. that sometimes things are not as cut and dry, you know, as they should be. Right. But Hulk, um, supposedly is going on like this. The, if you, we were told that if you connected all the parts of Hulk in these Avenger movies, they make that it would film. make a a full arc. Yeah. Uh, theoretically, for the character of Hulk and stuff. Um. I just can't wait to up to they reveal that Ed Norton is in on a scroll spaceship somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's there hanging out with Terrence Howard, and uh, they're wondering why people are out there impersonating Rhodey and Hulk, and, <laughs> and no one's getting in trouble for it. Uh, let's see. I think we covered all four of the Avengers. 
the um Scarlett seems to be I mean Natasha Natasha she seems to be fine like she like I see that she just deals like rolls with the punches in these kind of situations. I, I I think you have to take um Natasha Romanoff as someone who constantly deals with you know like loss and uh tragedy like, and tragedy how to and like back from that yeah like. Well, we've got to go to the new mission. This one didn't work out, y'all. No, I, I can I can see that. Like, oh, I lost my cover. Got to get a new one. We get we get two two bits of hope, two bits of heroism we see in here. One of them doesn't even feel like heroism, but we see <laughs> a slew of dead bodies and then a man wiping off the blood of his sword. Yes. And it turns out that that man is Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, in his Ronin attire. Yes. Uh, Ronan being a samurai without a master, mm-hmm. um, and this is a man without, probably without his family. People are theorizing that maybe that, his that family was, my, was gone. That was snap. my immediate theory that the uh, the the decimation had taken everyone in his family but him, and that like this has been him just um, carousing across the Orient, like taking out crime gang, you know, criminals or whatever, and and just outright murdering people. <laughs> Do you think we get a sort of like flashback sequence of some of the other people people would have wanted to see disappear, or you think it's all going to be expository? I, I I think it's all going to be expository, which like sounds like a negative. But at the same time, like I don't I don't see the point in filming scenes for it. I I can see that, and I also and this is my rant. You know, I love to just with no context or evidence, just come up with random ass predictions. Sure. But I also predict that we won't be in this timeline for much, for very long. The As timeline like the... where the snap happens. I feel like the majority of this film would be them dealing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first half an hour, uh, that Ant-Man situation happens or first 45 minutes. And then do you the mean like, the you mean like the, the, uh, the immediate aftermath timeline? Yes. Okay. And yeah. then we do, and then we jump ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I think we're going to get immediate aftermath timeline for very few. Jumping ahead for also very few. Yeah. I think that the majority of the crux is going to be... Because even if they do this this uh, theorized hop around in time, I feel like that's going to be the bulk of things. That's yes. going to be the bulk of the film, which then means that this whole sad, mopey-dopey stuff is going to be the beginning catalyst to where we get, why right. we get there. And then probably the most anticipated third act in movie history, potentially yes. Um, what I'm, what I'm willing to, what not really, like, what I am interested to see them do is like, um, they have put themselves in another position where they have to do a bit of a juggling act. Yeah, because you've got to juggle Team A going through time, and we've got to juggle Team B being Captain Marvel showing up on the planet, yeah. and whatever the heck Thanos is doing that's going to lead to the, uh, the climax. Yeah. No, or, definitely. you know, whoever the villain is or whatever, but, like, probably just Thanos again. Do you think that they... And how they attempt to solve the problem, because, like, we've got to get... <sighs> okay. Uh, we've got to get people back, obviously, because there are people who are gone that have movies, like, they're coming back. Yes. At the same time, like, I'd like it to not be so clean. So they made a lot of bones about this. these these stakes and consequences are real. Yes. Uh, even post the film coming out, people were like, are they really dead? They can't be really dead. And they would go over again and say like, you know, things, things like, how are they going to, how you sure. think it's going to be? And like, they're dead as of right now. Right, right. There was a lot of that going on. I'm wondering in a lot of ways, man. And the one person that I look at that, that is defining how I'm trying to predict wh- where they're going to go is Spider-Man. 
Okay. Because I feel like he is not going to be with us very long. Right. And I wonder if um, both Avengers 4 and Far From Home are going to be the backdoor writings off of that character. Right. Um, and so, do they just group everybody in that? Like, do the, does the Guardians... Do the Guardians, Black Panther, and Spider-Man go to different Earths? Can you do a Black Panther film in a Wakanda on Earth that there's no Avengers? Does that work? Do you, if you don't, does Panther remember what? Does the world remember what happened? Does it become a thing where like Wolverine is the only one well, who you knows? definitely don't want to make that decision because like you 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 do not want to uh in any way eliminate the gravitas and the success that was the first Black Panther film. One billion dollars. Yes. So if you do anything where it's just like he doesn't remember or it didn't happen here, you immediately undercut that film and that will be bad. Yeah. Because that film had way too much of an impact. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just I just hope it is not like a clean fix. Yeah. And like there are definitely some characters that should stay dead. I'm a little heartbroken about the idea that maybe Gamora stays dead, maybe not. I think Loki absolutely should. What's funny about Guardians is that Guardians was a property that people didn't even even really know, and so the 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 ties that we have to those characters are kind of tangential because they can bring in an Angela yeah. or um, didn't thing no that wasn't thing it was a Venom that was on the uh, Guardians for a while but Both. there's so many different characters Both. that you can they were right yes um, there's so many different characters that you can bring in to freshen up the roster. If God forbid Gamora couldn't come back, or she if right. she is you know Stone Cold dead, um, whereas it's a little bit trickier with the Avengers. You, once you pull out those four big names, yeah, um, it's gonna take some you know work to get people to be as familiar familiar and as um, affectionate, invested, and invested as towards the other ones. Do you think they pull out all four in, um, a, in Avengers four? That being Cap Stark. Um, Hulk and Thor. Yeah. Hulk and Thor. Um, I think Thor might have a little while longer. I think they kind of had a rejuvenation after the Ragnarok, Ragnarok film. Right? It's crazy how that works, right? I think yeah. if Ragnarok would have been another Dark World, right. Thor would have been on my death list. Yeah. Easy. And, easy. And, and, and Chris would have been more than happy to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Ragnarok like really changed the pace of what that character could be and what a Thor movie could be. Yeah. Um, and it takes a crazy man like Taika Waititi to even see that because I wouldn't even thought no. to go that route with it. And it's because the comics are so outlandish that they're just leaning into it. Right. Into the absurdity of it all. Into the absurdity of like, this hammer has a spell on it and I can pick it up, but no one else can. Like, that's kind of absurd, but it works completely in that world and so do all the end jokes there. Um, is there, a, I, I guess Tony is the only one that, that has an art close to being closed, right? Where you can... You probably can write an exit for that character um, and people feel okay with it. Me? Easy way? You want to keep paying the guy? Tony Stark AI. <laughs> like in Secret You understand? Em- like the the same way Secret you, Empire? The same way you got um, Jarvis? Oh, okay. Could you imagine a new Iron Man or even uh, uh, Iron Heart, you know, booting up and you hear Robert Downey Jr.'s voice in there? And you're like... Interesting. Hey, you know, and he'd never what, really. What do you think? I was gonna let you do this by yourself. And he'd never really have to come to work. He just that, has to go to the studio saying? and like do his voice lines and go home. That's it. And he would just be and like, make more Sherlock Holmes films. <laughs> legit. He would just be like, oh, hey, you thought I was gonna let you do this by your own, by yourself? And then that's it. We're 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 done. Right. 
Um, last crazy bit of speculation I would like to have here. Um, how much of this film, if any, when I say if any, I mean it might just be reserved for the post-credit, will be setting up for the next wave that is the juggernaut of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you think they will spend this entire movie just closing out the first 10? Or do you think, um, with just a nice little post-credit to set up for the rest? Or do you think majority of this will be breadcrumbs leading to where we're where uh, where us and these characters are going to go in the foreseeable future so i i i would like a little bit of both in small doses i i'm not a fan of the idea that like okay post-credit scene bam we just bombard you with the idea of if mutants right or like the entire fantastic fantastic four shows up they're like that's okay that's a little heavy right now yeah especially after like what we've gone through and like the fact that this is a culmination of so many things that Endgame feels very final. Yeah. There's a finality to the movie that, like, even though there will still be Marvel movies after it, this is an entire era of this generation just, like, being sort of, how do you say, almost closed off. Yeah. Um, I'd like a little bit. We, we've we got to obviously get the idea down that, like, something's going to happen with Spider-Man and then his movie's going to take place minutes after the end of this one. Yes, supposedly, yeah. Supposedly, like a very, yeah. very short amount of time yeah. after Avengers like, 4. barely any time. Like, probably maybe the shortest amount of time between films I've seen canonically. Don't even get canonically, because uh, Homecoming jacked up the timeline by saying it was eight years. Well, sure, but, like, like and... <laughs> we're, we're talking about almost months and years between everyone else and minutes. Oh, boy. Speaking of, remember I just talked about that other Iron Man? Yeah. Remember they put that kid in? Oh, Iron Man started. three. Oh God, let's start with that. Yeah, they, that the the child that Tony Stark uh, and they keep emotionally trying. abuses in and they, Iron they, Man they, three. They keep trying to, 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 to make you make you believe that like no 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 that that child meant something. We will find a reason to bring it up later. And the Peter Parker Iron Man two connection. Ugh, about that. Don't even talk. I'm I'm thinking about one of these episodes getting into bad superhero sequels. Right. <laughs> Just talking about like. Because it's easy to talk about a bad superhero first film. Right. Right? Like, we talk, we, we do that to the sun goes down. Like, Catwoman and the, oh my god, Captain the 1990s America. Captain America yeah. is is stuff on nightmares. But I'm talking about dropping the ball. To like, talk about I, something that got it right and then just get it Yeah, so and then wrong. just drop the ball. <laughs> like, because I don't think that's what this is going to be. This no, is going to be a, a, a triumph. But, um, but like, we live point? in a world, though, where Venom beats Justice League. <laughs> where Aquaman in China has been it's, it's Justice already League. also Justice League by like miles. Is it <laughs> is it is it a given? It has Marvel cracked the code. Is it just it, are we? This is going to be a great film. Like are we? Is it? Are we there? I don't think so. I don't think like uh, I don't know if they've cracked the code necessarily. There's always okay. a way to to bundle it, but I, I I have faith in them, and I think the Russos have been my favorite directorial team of the Marvel lexicon. Yeah. Um, especially with their Those hands. Those fight scenes too, man. Those yeah. action scenes, they're really on point with that Yeah, they stuff. are. To think of the stuff that you see with like Thanos fighting Strange, it's like, how do you even... Right. And I'll throw a black hole at you and I'll make it into butterflies. It's like, right. wait, wait, what's going on here? And I will turn into 15,000 Doctor Strange. And here's 15,000 ropes. You know what I'm like, <laughs> the, all the, the crimson bands of Ceterac. All of that stuff is, is so Easter eggy, but, but also so like intricate. That's to a, me, the important know. thing at the end of Endgame is to set up the idea that like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, uh, to some degree Spider Man, like this is your quote unquote the new squad, 
New Avengers, you yeah. know, not like they're going to title it that way or after the book or anything, but yeah. this is this is what we're running with to take us into the next stage of of these films. I think that's just as important as saying like, and here comes this player out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> We've but I do. got a new opponent. That's been um that or that's... just, you know, like or how do you say, I'm sorry, like at the end, like like do it at the end of um like at the end of Avengers One, where it's just like, and here's your massive villain for the next eight movies, watching from the sky. I get that, but what if you? What if we get the Nick Fury initiative uh, conversation flipped on its head, and you get what you want? What if you get like uh, somebody, some hoity-toity government guy, going up to Ross, like we can never let this happen again. Right. You need to come up with your own team to make sure. That if these guys bumble it like they did last time in Wakanda, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even imagine someone comes up to Ross. I think Ross is just like, I am sick of the these Avengers. <laughs> I'm sick they of keep, these damn kids. They keep screwing me over at every turn. We basically should have court-martialed War Machine at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, I Tony think. Stark keeps hanging up the phone on me. Captain America told me to go screw myself. Yeah, we need to make a team that we can control. It seems and then like you take they're a bunch of criminals up- who have nothing else going for them but being in prison. It seems that they're lining up for uh for Dark Avengers. It Maybe. seems like they're lining and that, up and that's, for... And that's, that's what, exactly what I want. It's Dark Avengers under the guise of being the Thunderbolts because they'd be led by Thaddeus Ross. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not saying call them the Thunderbolts, but, like, they are because they're Thaddeus Ross's boys, but they're also the Dark Avengers for every other reason. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Could just, for branding are... reasons. They're the exactly. quote-unquote the Avengers, but... Exactly. You can, you like, these are, these are things you can easily meld together. Yeah. Um... At the same time, like, hot take, funny thought, you could make the Dark Avengers the Sinister Sticks and just have real fun with it. Oh, yeah, that's true. And you, know, you had... Cause, uh, because they're, like, in prison? And Gargan was um, Spider-Man in the Dark Avengers. Right. Uh, Scorpion was Spider-Man in the Dark Avengers. Uh, I want them to have the, the breadcrumbs and stuff, but you I actually... John Cena as USA because <laughs> we keep doing that. Yeah, right. Um, we'll see how that Bumblebee money looks. <laughs> we will... Um, I, I want this movie to be more of a definitive end for the first 10 years than I wanted to set up for the second. Sure. But I find myself, even even in your hypothetical scenario, like any hint towards the Fantastic Four, I think I'm just going to I think I'm just going to um, be ecstatic just because sure. it's it's the most maligned Marvel property at this point, like right. without a shadow of a doubt. And if. If, Not a good movie to its name. You understand, and so like, if we can get even a little bit of a little bit of joy, In the same four joy. Tries, by the way, the same joy that we get when we see Ant Man there with seemingly the van with the uh, quantum tunnel in the back. Yes. Um, at the end, that little that little post credit kind of deal. Like, if we can just get a little bit of uh, a little bit of hope in here, because. Infinity War is an emotional roller coaster. Yes. You know, ups and downs, and we got it. No, we don't. Everyone's dead, you know. So this has to end on a high note. It has to make us uh, optimistic for the future. It has to be a good send-off to those who aren't coming back. But it also has to be a good st- stepping stone for those who are ready to jump into the next phase of movies. That's all That's all it has to do. Just all yeah. those jobs. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, just right. all those individual, intric- intricate things. Um, but if you do it well, and if you do your homework, if you take your time, and if you bust your ass, mm-hmm. you can get beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things, which is my superpower of the segue to get into mm-hmm. another property that has busted his ass, done the homework, taken the time, and that is the Arrowverse. Um, yes. 
establishing a team of heroes that I will now start calling the Justice Guild. They, I mean... Because <laughs> it may as well be the best Justice League setup you've ever seen. We When, when we watch Infinity War, or even Civil War, like these big movies, Avengers, you know, that pull together these plot points and these characters... A lot of the enjoyment is literally just the interactions between these people. Yes. We went on a diatribe in the Infinity War uh, um, reaction therapy uh, episode about just people bumping into each other, calling each other the wrong names, and all, all right. kinds of stuff. Um, but every year with these crossovers, watching these characters just uh, you know get together and um, how their ideologies clash, how they're um, supporting... Support systems in general, not even supporting cast, but support yep. systems clash, um, I think is amazing because if you've watched these episodes, uh, um, the episodes of these individual shows, The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, on in lesser cases, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning and stuff, you know, there's connective tissue there. Sometimes it's then sometimes it's thick, but when it comes to these crossovers... There's so much meat on these bones. There's so much content, so much Easter eggs, so much comic book callbacks, uh, season callbacks, uh, character callbacks, all of that stuff. It's it's a feast every mm-hmm. time we have we have one of these uh, episodes. Now you saw this all in one jump. Yes. I, uh, how is it as a as a bingeable hour, two hours? It's about two Three hours. hours. Is it three hours? Um, oh, I mean, if you account for commercial time and like rough stuff like, to like left. two and change, right? Yeah, how does it how does it digest in that fashion? Um, I think it digests pretty well, it, it, but you have to be prepared for a lot of like, uh, oh, kind of like recap stuff, right? Exposition. Not expositional. necessarily recaps, but like in between the main problem, we're also going to talk about our particular small problems that are that are still uh, advancing our through lines when we all go back to our shows. Okay, who do you think had who do you think brought the most baggage when it came to that? Uh, probably Oliver. Bengali? Probably. Yeah. Because, like, uh, Nora doesn't appear in this, so it's like Flash and his wife, they're cool. There's yeah. no problem there. There's yeah. no baggage. Supergirl just kind of jumps on over. She has, a, she has a personal issue, but it's not something that... Had I, you not seen... If you don't watch the show, like, she explains it when she's in the back of that truck with Clark about having to reveal her identity. Right. And that's basically what she's dealing with for the whole crossover. Is, yeah, you get you, you get know. two small snippets of, of her talking about the things that go that are going on with her and uh yeah, and uh and a moment she shares with Batwoman where she discusses the idea of like dual identity. Right, right. But beyond that, she's just in for the mission. Oliver is the one that comes in with all of his almost all his entire team and the baggage that comes with it. Yeah. And and his role Increases significantly as the uh, crossover continues. Yes, and stuff. Um, no, no, it it definitely was a highlight on there. But let's get into the nitty gritty of this Elseworlds crossover. Let's take it episode by episode. And uh, the great people at Den of Geek have accumulated quite an impressive list of Easter eggs. So we'll be trying to drop in Easter eggs uh, while we go over this plot and. GT, just chime in any, at any point in time if you remember something or if you have a plot point. But we'll start with the very first Easter egg, which is the idea of this Elseworlds name. Elseworlds is an, uh, a line of DC Comics that they uh, sold that postulated to be out of continuity. And being out of continuity, you can do all kinds of things. Like, I don't know, raise a Russian Superman or have a Victorian-era uh, Batman. Um 
the Elseworlds logo that you see on the posters and even in the openings for this crossover, it's the same Elseworlds logo that they use for the comics to show that these comics were out of continuity. And do you think that they used the Elseworlds platform to the best of its ability? Um, do you think it's coming back? It, it could come back. Like, in, in a sense that, like, it could come back as the same thing it's always been used as on the Flash that we, you know, occasionally um, play with. Because, like, really the Flash has been dabbling in the Elseworld gimmick its, its whole time. Yeah. No, uh, you're, you're... That's uh, true. Harrison Wells of Season 1 is essentially an Elseworldy character. The Jay Garrick we get is the exact same thing. In many ways... That this episode could not have happened without the inclusion of the Flash yes. in the Arrowverse because which is exactly at, why at the beginning of the episode Arrow immediately blames it all on him. Yes, and even there's even a bit where Cisco like does like a he picks up he picks up like a machine. I don't. They have all kinds of machines to start out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm guessing this one, uh, but no the text like temp temporal energy or something like that and he's right. like you didn't you didn't time travel again or it's not a time travel issue and I'm like he's yeah, like so for crazy. once this is not my fault yeah uh, but they, we already knew from from uh, posters and stuff that things were gonna get kinda you know topsy turvy when it came to um, reality being changed around but the Flash episode Elseworlds part one opens up with Earth 90 Earth 90s Barry Allen. <laughs> not not uh, a very thinly veiled title. Yes, Earth Stomp Stomp 90. Yes. Um, you know, you get John Wesley's ship as Barry Allen, uh, the original TV Flash, the first right. TV Flash. Um, he is like crawling on the ground. You see the monitor who we've seen in set photos, and this this beginning was actually tacked on to the endings of the Supergirl, Arrow, and Flash episodes of last yes. um, week, where we see um, the monitor open up this big book and uh, basically declare that this world will be destroyed and the Flash kind of just like does a little Flash out of there thing. Um, it's interesting to see 90s uh, Flash with uh, today's graphics. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, he's a big, he's a stocky man. Like, he's uh, a, uh, oh yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh, Flash lifts lifts heavy. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a you know really really fit Flash. He's a, he's a bigger Flash too. Yes. Um, how did you feel about the myriad of heroes seemingly dead at the foot of the monitor? Um, and is this a case? We find out later on. That the monitor is actually just trying to test heroes. Yeah. Has he killed all these heroes as a test for the crisis he feels is coming? I imagine the idea is that he hasn't killed a single one of them, but that they have all failed, and that is led to the destruction of their planet, which is just like, like wistful, you know, lack of concern for what okay. happens. Because he's still looking for a champion or champions. Yeah. To save the multiverse, and these he, guys ain't it. He is so concerned with something bigger, and like he is so much more above this that like. A planet died. Whatever. Our whole thing's about to get wrecked, son. How do you feel about the Monitor being sort of an antagonist, or the antagonist in this, besides John Deegan, who we'll get to in a bit? Um, you know, for the most part, he plays a uh, protagonist, not a protagonist, but a, a heroic figure. Yeah. In the comics, trying to combat the Anti-Monitor. And we find out later on that maybe he's, like I said, maybe his 
his reasoning is a little bit more altruistic than it leads on, but he's kind of willing to let things go to hell. Yeah. To see, quote, you know, quote unquote, to see and test the heroes of the earth. It's very um, apocalypse. Ah, okay. Because the yeah. whole idea of, of apocalypse is like, someone wants to ask the question, like, why does apocalypse just walk away all the time and like not just keep trying to kill all these mutants? Yeah. And it's, the idea was that apocalypse, if they can still fend off Apocalypse, then it must still be, like, they must still be a fit group. Yeah. And thus, there is no reason for me to destroy them. Right. Because that's what Apocalypse is all about, survival of the fittest. He's seeing the end. yeah, the ends justify them being there because they are they are the top of the... They were able to fend me off. They are strong. You know, this, this is not a world that yet needs changing. I'm going to go sleep in my fucking pyramid. <laughs> Did you Sorry. see um, that the uh, Green Arrow, the like Smallville Green Arrow stuff is down there? The um, uh, I I saw the Hawk people's helmets, and I missed the Hawks, the yeah. Hawk people. I'm like, where are you, where are you guys? I only at? cared for the uh, Hawk girl. I saw Star Girl. Hawk guy was kind of a douche. Thick, something like that. Mm. But um, yeah, Flash manages to to whisk away, and we go back to our Earth, Earth One, or the main Earth that we that we know about. And we see that uh, the Arkham Asylum psychiatrist John Deegan is now. Is at this point is he the psychiatrist? He's like a teacher, and he's like, "We can change genetics by killing people." And some guy is like, "Yeah, you're crazy, you're and I'm hack. leaving. We're gonna go." Even though I've paid thousands of dollars for this class, I'm gonna tell you off and walk out because I don't not like what you're saying, <laughs> sir. Uh, I'm with it because um, it's like, why won't they just listen to me? And this is the guy that Monitor is like, oh, yeah, you're going to be the guy yeah. I give this re- reality uh, rewriting book to, and we will see how things play out. And that's exactly what he does. He says, um, you know, you can change reality to your will. You know, you get to be a god mm-hmm. in this instance. Um, and we see this is our introduction to John Deegan, a.k.a. Dr. Destiny. Uh, well, I had Do- not heard of until this. I knew Dr. Destiny because I had heard that he was in a very, very cool story in uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which seems to be a labyrinth of a, of a you know, of a, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I did the Alan Moore Swamp thing. You understand? I, I just have to do these things in, in, in yeah, sittings. Right. You know? And so... Neil... I've heard about Sandman and I've heard all this, the, the, the revelry around it, but I'm just like, whoa, that's it seems dense. To be, it seems to be a lot, but whoa, I, I'm, willing, so I'm willing to check it out if it's, if it's as good as people say it is. Uh, uh, Swamp Thing is as good as people say it is, so I, I'm going to have to get into that, but... um. He has this this uh, big old book, Mr. John Deegan, and he decides that he's going to rewrite reality. So uh, the very first thing that we get, which is a uh, calling card for these crises, is red skies and yellow lightning. Yes. All willy-nilly. Later on, we're told that this is like breach energy. Right. Uh, Felicity postulates that this is um, energy caused by... Oh, the fluctuations in the weather is somebody trying to breach through from another earth right um and i think that kind of that kind of um is canon like i think that there's like multiversal energy Mm -hmm. and things being tampered around it with in the multiverse usually leads to this weather weather almost always leads to lightning yes uh this this weather forecast and speaking of lightning my man oliver queen wakes up (laughs) Uh, in Barry Allen's bed, not next to Barry Allen's wife, but mm-hmm. Barry Allen's wife is cooking uh, breakfast, and she kisses him, and they deal with their morning stuff. Now, 
I gotta talk about this kiss. Okay. Because I I don't I I, I, I keep my eyes on Iris. Iris told Barry in mm-hmm. season one that the Flash and Oliver Queen were on her list of people she was allowed to cheat on her fiance with. Really? Yes. It's the Flash, Oliver Queen, and maybe somebody else. But it, Oliver Queen is definitely on her. <laughs> I will cheat on my fiance with this man. Funny man. Um. So you got that. But when they have this kiss, Oliver Queen does not say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here?" He says, "Whoa, what if Barry sees?" That's the line that comes out of my man Oliver Queen's mouth. He goes, "What if your husband caught us or sees us?" And I'm like. Ollie, what are you doing, bro? That is deep, not the question. Deep, in, you ask. deep inside, Oliver is just like, "Damn, jackpot!" <laughs> no, not 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 even that. Not even that. I think I, maybe somewhere deep in the recesses of his brain, he just remembers that Felicity kissed Barry. Oh, and he's just yeah. like sweet revenge. That's it. No, oh my gosh, I didn't even put that those two together. Yes. What do you think of those? Because two? they were they were they were the original cute couple before the Felicity thing happened, and people were just like. I kind of like those two. Yeah. What do you think of those two? What do you think of um, uh, Candace Patton on screen with um, Stephen? Stephen Amell? Stephen Amell? Yeah. It don't work. No, no. That's weird. It was so odd to see her look at him so adoringly. Right. right. Like, so, like, my baby. Because he was all like. He was just like, whoa. He was all like, yeah, about that. But we find out that not only have they switched places, they switched powers. Uh, Oliver is now a speedster. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is tasked with going to the crime scene. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll be in Star Labs. Just make sure you get there. I thought that was pretty funny because you see him run past uh, Ivo Labs. And he is like, if you watch before he gets there, his like lightning is just zigzagging. Like he doesn't know exactly yeah. where to go or how to just keep on a straight he line. He passed it like eight blocks. Uh, you wake up there mm-hmm. on that earth with those powers. What do you do? Do you, do you just play along? Do you immediately uh, try to find out what the heck's going on? Or? I I I I think I play along just for a little bit. Yeah. At, at, uh, at the same time, I'm just like, this is weird. Until a cicada shows up, right? Like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not right. Dealing with it. <laughs> like, uh, this isn't my wife. This this is a little different. <laughs> yeah. We we see uh, Ivo Labs, which is an uh, allusion to Professor Ivo, the guy who creates Amazo. More about Amazo in a sec. But the weird thing about this was we saw the Ivo. There's like an Ivo boat in Arrow season one. Called the Amazo. Season two. Professor Ivo was on that ship, right? And, and it was then called Amaze, the Amazo. The ship was called the Amazo. Yes. So we're just going to scratch it. And then it was shot. Maybe this is a, maybe this is something that changed with Flashpoint, like how uh, Diggle's son maybe. got switched but they, around. Do, do, they have a, do they call it Amazo? I remember. Do they call the robot Amazo? Yes. Yes, because... Um, they came up with some kind of crazy acronym, like Android, Metahuman. I remember because the Z was a word I never heard before. And um, Cisco goes, A-M-A-Z-O. Amazo. Eh. Like, eh, as a name. <laughs> I guess, okay, so but I, they definitely I, called I can, it Amazo. I can, I can deal with that because, like, we, okay, we came up with a stupid reason for it to be yeah, called Amazo. And not, like, we're calling it Amazo, and it's clearly a callback to something they know nothing about. Yeah. We see. Um, I think the only interesting thing is like, Bar- like that. Uh, not Barry. Like that. Oliver doesn't ever like kind of react to this. It's like, no. I love the you have failed the city stuff. Like, wait, <laughs> that's not your. That's not what you do. And he goes to throw the lightning, and it literally bounces off the floor and off the walls. Yeah. Strikes a, a maze. Well, the robot we find out is Amazo, and uh, break, basically brings him back to life. 
Yes. So I thought that I I dig the Amazo character. I think the whole like Terminator on speed kind right. of thing. Like I can turn all your powers, um, and I don't talk. I I don't. You will never hear me scream. There's no villain monologue for this. I'm just a Terminator slash like Ultimate Sentinel from Days of Future Past. Exactly. There's no and which that's what made them so scary. That they weren't like menacing them as they were walking around They're like no we're just gonna adapt and then kill you yeah which i thought was uh, your own stuff yeah i thought it was pretty cool a little bit more of the suspension of disbelief as barry wakes up on the floor fighting diggle <laughs> what happens there i i don't know like it's obviously meant to be just a hard cut scene yeah. But like it, it makes it come it makes it come off as like Barry only realizes what's happened the as moment he, he hits the mat. Right. Which is like, okay, that's how we found Barry. Barry is, is training he just with opens Diggle. his eyes is like impact. Why am I here? Oh crap, Diggle. Yeah. <laughs> He's training with Diggle and um they uh they're gonna take down some guys who are doing some some nefarious stuff, some of like Diaz's old safe houses or something. Right. And so um He's given the Green Arrow costume. Grant Gustin has all of uh, Barry, I mean Oliver Queen's like reflexes, and we find out later like appendages and stuff. But I um, am more amused that both cof- that both costumes fit the both of them quite well, despite the fact they so have very different forms. That that <laughs> that facial hair kills that whole Flash thing. It I does. think it, I think if he shaved, he would be a pretty good Flash. I get. I get. He he looks like Iris broke up with him in the Flash outfit. He hasn't he taken has it off for off weeks. I'm telling you, man, she was the one. <laughs> He's just it's alternate Earth. She's yeah. the one out of all the Earth. At that bar, just drinking, just like it was gonna be amazing. Uh, you get um the hilarity of Barry is seemingly enjoy having these powers and these um. These Not reflexes even powers, but like, like these reflexes. I guess he, he's say. been he's he's never been an athletic man, and now he's like this skilled, you know, demands man, basically, parkour, yeah. parkour master. Bunch of muscle memory and stuff allows him to take down uh, a group of thugs. He knows judo throws. He also was he was being less lethal than Ali in these, in these fights. Like he's not going Certainly. for the throats and stuff. Right. He seemed to like just want to knock people down and like away. Yeah. Which I thought was which was also kind of like a little bit of Barry Allen. There's this moment of hesitation. Yeah. Where the guy's like there, he's there, he like, doesn't really know what to do next. It, it, it's Barry's mind and Oliver's muscle memory. Yes. He knows how to do these moves when he needs them, but he's not doing it with lethal force because it's not who he is. Exactly. Um, the, uh, the vehicle seems to be getting away, but a, a trick shot puts it down because he even got the trick shots down, Barry Allen does. Mm-hmm. But um, right when Diggle is seemingly going to get attacked, Oliver Queen as a flash rushes them both out to hilarity where you see Diggle throwing up again because that's just what Diggle does in these scenarios. Diggle just can't take those vibrations, man. Can't take that stomach and they decide that they're going to go uh, to Star Labs and figure out what the heck is going on. Um, And Team Flash doesn't believe him. No. Off the rip. um, Iris is just like, how dare you tell me I've been sleeping with the wrong man? I love... There's a point in which they're like, we're going to talk about this, but you guys, we don't want to talk around you guys. And Iris walks by um, Oliver Queen slash Herberry and mm-hmm. goes, you know, I only got eyes for you. And walks away like, come on, you know, this between us. Like, I don't even, I would never. You know? <laughs> and I thought it was such a sweet affirmation right. or such a dig because her real husband is actually right there. Right. Um, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, he's not even my type. And there's that whole scene of her like, there's various points in this episode where Iris is like, Oliver Queen is the worst. Yeah. And him and Felicity, we don't want to be that. Right. And those guys hijacked our wedding, and they had their own wedding at our wedding. Right. And that's not cool either. 
which I thought was really, really funny. But how did you I, feel about Team Flash's reaction to this doppelganger well, situation? Well, I was going to say, actually, like, I'm honestly jumping ahead here, but I was going to say, like, despite the fact that they all consider themselves friends, like, they've all got some very strong but honest opinions about, like, who Oliver Queen is. Yeah. Wait, but like, never feel like telling this guy this to his face. Not necessarily. Ever. Been four or five years now. But it's always, no but like, it's always going to be like, like, look, we love him. Like, he's a douche, but he's our douche. Just you don't turn into him because no. It's like Oliver gets the job done, but he's he's crazy. And I he think back crazy. to and I think back to the Earth X um uh show where it was like where they where um Nazi uh Arrow and Supergirl all together and yeah. Supergirl's just like Ugh. Yeah, it's like ew. Yeah, no offense, but no. Um, I, Supergirl was just kind of mortified by the very idea of Oliver Queen by the end of this. Some people were having an issue with the fact that how quickly they were they were accepting of people like Nora and Thomas Snow. Hmm. And then when this situation with the body switch happens, they're all like, "No, you guys are going into the pipeline." Right. Um, I didn't have a problem with that only because to them. Through all their tests, everything was fine. Yeah. And so they just didn't know how to handle the situation. I think Barry, had it been any other two people, would have found, you know, he would have been the one right. to be like, but Iris ends up being the Barry surrogate in this situation right. where there's this weird moment where Barry's telling Oliver, go tell her you're my lightning rod. And I'm like, why would you, isn't that your line? Go, you say that. Like, but I'm you. Yeah. Does but it, it work? Yeah. If, if I, Acting like I'm you, say this line. She's gonna think that I'm I am you, right? Because she'll be like, "Only you know that." Yeah, I, I knew you were my husband, and he'd be like, "He just got me into a deeper trick." But um, you find out that uh, it, you know they try to talk to Iris and stuff. Um, Oliver does, but she drugs him, and then Ralph just sucker punches Barry, and they trap them both in uh the quote unquote prison that Start Lives has, which is the pipeline. So two things. One, it is uh, Barry just drops the facade and straight up calls it a prison. Yeah, right. it's a prison. And second, people have been asking he, forever. He tries for a second. It's like, it's not a... Yeah, it's a prison. Okay. People eventually figure out... Um, no, the question had been asked forever because this is a prison. Where do people go to the bathroom on these things? It turns out that there is a bathroom in there. I thought that was a, such a cool little, like, retcon, <laughs> like, like... Stop asking. We do have them. We are humane. People are right. using the bathroom and seeing these things. Uh, so savages. Yes. We so you get to see the um that, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but the only way that these guys are going to escape is if they get into each other's mindsets. So if uh maybe if Oliver is a little bit more cheery and optimistic, right. and maybe if Barry's a little bit more pessimistic and gritty and angry, and angry that. They need they need uh, Barry to be that so he can so he can what is what's the actual clinical word fracture his thumb so he can dislocate oh uh, yes dislocate his thumb dislocate his thumb so he can uh, get out of the cuffs and that so he can shorten the power dampener and then Ali with seemingly no problem phases for the first time uh, sort of it was by mistake but <laughs> yeah he looks like um he looked like he was having a blast with that yeah and I don't know what that is to have and take away. <laughs> like Barry's getting it back so he'll right. be fine but like this is what you do like this, you could just do everything so fast there's an instance where they call Cisco yells to Barry I think towards the end of the episode he's like Barry uh, we need you in the whatever and Barry just turns and walks away and I'm like that's gotta be so like demoralized like 
I'll be there in, I don't know, 15 minutes. Like, I, <laughs> he's so used to just zooming wherever he has to go. Like, now it's like, I have to walk there? Like, right. down the hall? But after a while, he got real good at that uh, that grapple arrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think about the whole down the hall joke that they make where Oliver goes, I need to go talk to somebody. And they all, like, stand by the doorway. Like, which one of us is going to go do the pep talk in the hallway that we do? <laughs> it's like, you're in the hallway. We're just figuring out which one of us has to do a little pep talk. I thought that was kind of funny because um, at one point, even in the same episode, they say um, uh, that it's not Tuesday. Right, <laughs> you know, it's not even Tuesday, and that he can't he can't go a single day without a pep talk. One of these like <laughs> artsy farty pep talks, which I thought was a real real meta. Yes. Um, but they escape. But their plan is that they are going to go to another world. They're going to go to another Earth. If they go to another Earth, and Kara is able to distinguish them, then it's got to be a problem only on their Earth. Right. What do you think about it? This is a plan. It made sense. Yeah. I I, I totally got it. Once they said it, it's just like, okay, yeah, if it's a, if it's just a problem here, we should be able, like, Kara should have no, no issue, like, telling it between us. Yeah. Because, like, it shouldn't affect their reality. Yeah. Just when they decide to leave, and it takes some convincing of Iris, but they do the lightning rod thing. and yes. just when they, The lightning just, rod speech works. It works every time. Just when they decide to uh, leave is when Amazo boots up and... Um, you see that elongated man who has his own logo, yes, and Killer Frost who has her own logo. Um, that they both are trying to attack Amazo, but Amazo can replicate metahumans' powers. So using both Ralph and uh, and uh, Caitlin's powers, it's able to fully escape, subdue both those heroes, and seemingly get get out and up to no good. But then the clouds open up. <laughs> And the sun shines through, and we hear the opening chords of Somebody Save Somebody Me <laughs> from Smallville, and we get to Earth 38. A show I haven't watched, but even I got that one. <laughs> that was, it was pretty powerful. I was, I just, I was on my couch just going like, that's hilarious. You guys are funny. Uh, you see the camp farmhouse that was on that show. You see the red pickup truck that was on that show. Um, just the warm glow. I told that's the exact same set. Yeah, I heard that it was the same establishing shots okay. as well. So that's got to be like, uh, like if you if you were catching that every episode, that's got to be amazing. I'm so thankful that they, they did something like that. I actually have the moment where um before I got to watch it, uh my roommate is watching it downstairs in the basement. Okay, and I can hear the song, mm -hmm. and I just hear him just go like the biggest f you. <laughs> Because he was a he likes Smallville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like f you. This isn't Smallville. That's funny. I um, what and and that's it. You're gonna have your Smallville fans sit there and be like, you know, wow, this is this is a love letter to me, and it's a love letter to those who watch that show. But I'm gonna be a little bit selfish here on the Major Issues podcast mm. because we did a little episode ourselves. Uh, GT, we mm -hmm. spoke about the bads and goods of one. Clark Kent slash Superman. Sure, sure, and sure. this entire segment was uh, written for me because I said that we needed a, a more homely, a more honest, a more just a good guy. Why can't they just make go a good ahead, Clark yes, Kent yes, go ahead and, and wave good your victory flag. Clark, a good Superman, um, uh, a homely, you know, honest Superman? Why we can't have this and make it cool? And they do it in here. They did. It was called Lois and Clark. <laughs> they do it in here. Uh, there's Superman, just general Superman homages everywhere mm -hmm. um from i mean did they 
was he rocking the flannel? I know he was rocking the little fur thing. He no, likes wearing. Yeah, no, I see. I saw him just rocking like. The, I think he had a flannel shirt under it. Yeah, he, they they like to put Superman, all American boy in flannel. Coat, his Sherpa denim jacket. Uh, speaking of Smallville, she calls and his him useless glasses. She calls him Smallville. Yes, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty does, cool. Does she do that anywhere but the animated series? She did it somewhere else besides the animated series that I can't remember. Uh, it might have just been the comics. Okay. Um. But that's uh, Elizabeth Taluch. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, or Talik. I think it's Talik. Elizabeth Talik. Uh, how you feel about Elizabeth Talik's uh, Lois Lane? I was f- I was fine with her. She was like, uh, actually, you have it on the nose, but like, like her face was a, a bit angular, and at the same time, while it was just like just a, a random like facial detail, I noticed. It did make her look a lot like Margot Kidder, who had like the same similar angle, angular facial features. Yes, like just a strong uh, jaw structure and everything. And it was like it was like we just pulled that clone out of the the, it, the freezer. To me, it looked like a hodgepodge of Margot Kidder and Liv Tyler. You think of Terry Hatcher, or maybe Terry Hatcher? Oh, you think of Lois and Clark? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Terry Hatcher. Yeah, Terry Hatcher. Supergirl season two. Is Terry yeah, Hatcher. I think if you if you found a way to <laughs> if you found a way to hodgepodge those two together, you would get this. But I, you know, they made her strong. Right, she's working on a car. She's not scared of climbing ladders. She talks about the pay gap differential. Right. She um, talks about being on two different planets, going to Argo, and all this other kind of stuff. Um, so they do give her a lot of agency right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Amy Adams, but I think my 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 favorite modern Lois Lane has switched. Amy, Amy Amy gets good agency in the second film, but it's all in the extended cut, so like lots of people didn't see it. And it's also his mother's name, so you can't. Oh, God. you can't you can't forget that. Uh, I dig when she's rocking the purple. She loves right. to rock purple in the comics. She loves to rock purple in that in that animated scene. Um, I also like that when she was on that um. She falls off the ladder, mm-hmm. seemingly, right? Yes. Because she, she's climbing the ladder, and Clark's like, don't watch out because it's old. And then they like the sun radiates off her face, remember? And she's like, mm-hmm. you'll catch me. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then her, him and Kara have some beers, good old American beers, uh, in the back of the pickup truck. And they're talking about like whether or not Kara should I, uh, you know, reveal her identity. And uh, Clark has something he wants to tell Kara, which we'll get to uh, in the final episode of this crossover. But you hear Lois say something like, oh, and then she it's goes, like I'm thump. good. Yeah. It's like a thump. And he turns around and goes, I'm okay. She's like, I'm fine. And the fa- and this is little, but the fact that he didn't just jet over there to make sure she's okay, that says a lot about yeah. the relationship. Right. It's such a small detail, but I was like, oh, wow, he trusts her. He just kind of laughed it off. He was like, oh, I guess she's That's okay. Lois. She, she will be okay. She, I will help her at times of need, but I'm not, you know. Look, the woman, like, what if she tripped? I have to run over there and, you the know. The woman walked into a war zone to, you know, interview warlords. But this is true. She also knows how to halo jump and was once a fury. No. So we, <laughs> we did, so we, uh, we, we get a nice, we get a nice conversation between, uh, Kara and Clark. And then we see that, uh, our resident breachers, um, Ali and Barry show up on, uh, Kara's Earth, Earth 38. And while they're there, um, are they in costume? No, no, they're in regular clothes because which is one thing I, I, I just like 
another cute little thing I pointed out. It's just like, okay, so we gave Barry the dark green shirt, and Oliver's got this red sweater on. I see what y'all did. Yeah, and after a while, uh, Barry starts to rock like this overcoat that he pops the collar to to show that he's edgy and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, what's going on here? Total edge lord punk rock. Like, oh yeah, we got the collars up. Um, but they there's a little bit of like miscommunication because. They haven't met Superman before. They haven't met Lois Lane before, but they clear all that up. They explain to Kara that they're in each other's bodies, and Kara immediately recognizes them for who they really are. Were they aware? Was was Barry aware that it was a Superman? He makes it seem like he is because he says, and I don't know if there's, maybe this was a throwaway line on, on the crossovers. Okay. But in this particular episode, he says, "Oh, that cousin, the cousin." Oh, uh, okay. And he he's able to. Possibly... That's what I thought was interesting because like he's only met Kara, and like there's really no reason for him to assume there was another one. And there's no background to Superman the character. Where if, right. if there was one on his Earth, he can postulate that there would be one here. But there's there is none of that. So I thought that was a little bit weird, but I might be missing something. Um, but they decide that they're gonna do like a little bit of training, and Barry gets uh Ollie back. After four years, uh, <laughs> um, for stabbing him in the back with remote-controlled arrows, uh, Oliver does not take that kindly and decides to throw a couple cheap shots towards Barry's way, uh, trying to goad Barry into a full-on fight, um, which Barry refuses. I'm actually pretty proud that Barry refused. There's come there's some some things that were said in that thing that would have made me swing. Oh, Dicker would have punched him immediately. So I was <laughs> like, I was like, wow, uh, you said a lot there, yeah, Ollie. And Barry, you know, at one point, Ali's like, well, you can't fight because you, you don't have a, you know, a peanut gallery watching you. You don't, can't fight with your wife. You can't do nothing without your wife in your ear. And Barry goes, come on, bro. Felicity basically invented quarterbacking. And he says it in a way that he's not trying to get him mad. But it, the way he said it was like, not even you believe what you just said. Right. Because look at like look who's talking. you're clearly doing that to mess with me. Look who's talking. And at various points, he says, I'm not going to fight you. And then Barry, he... He charges at Barry, and Barry just, like, trips him, you know? And he says, like, you see, had you been able to use my powers, I wouldn't have been able to lay a finger on you. Right. Which shows that the lack of concentration and just this idea of how, I guess, embarrassed Oliver was when he got stabbed in the back that he felt like he needed to overcompensate by beating up his friend then and there. Well, as we'll find in the the entire thing, like, there is a through line of this idea that Oliver uses this misery to sort of power him. Yes, and he doesn't think that Barry is miserable enough. Right. And so he doesn't have the wells to draw from to get this this thing. But he finds out in, you know, pretty soon that Barry does have his, his own heaps of troubles. He just chooses to deal with them a different way. Right. That complements his powers. And we get told that that's exactly what these what they should be doing. They should be um, using each other's uh, mindset sets to help them um, use each other's abilities. Right. They get into a nice little heart to heart about that. My favorite part about that is when Kara comes out and is like, "Thank you," and they're like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, I got super hearing. I was listening to the whole thing. I was just waiting for you guys to freaking hurry up and and get to the point." For us, just kiss and get it over with. Yes. Um. Once things are fixed, Cisco breaches through, tells them about Amazo, and. I mark out as Superman's like, oh, I'm totally in on this. I'm coming too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, the breach well, opens we, we, up. Now we just have like, they get the reveal more because it's like, who's this guy? It's like, oh, me? I'm just, you know, open shirt. Yeah, I'm just a friend. And you see the Superman logo. They come through and it is Justice League Unlimited 
It is Justice League, the animated series. Right. It's everything we've always wanted to see, which is a team of superpowered people. I was hearing the whole thing, bro. <laughs> and they came through. Uh, and It's while, a really fun fight scene with all of them in the Amazo. And in the beginning, they had it right. They were just trying to trip Amazo up so that Amazo wouldn't lock on anybody and get the, their targets. So it's cool because you see, like, um, you know, ice breath and, and speedster stuff and arrows and all kinds of stuff. I love that at one point, like, like there's, there's this uh, visual tick that like oh he's got your powers but like because he uh like the, the crest emblems of some yeah. sort of emblem pops up on him and I, and like the arrow one pops up i was just like what's you can do flips now but now that's what it made me think of with the <laughs> elongated man it's like where did you get the logo how do you know what that is how do you know right, what the branding of this man is yeah uh, i didn't even man doesn't even have a brand and yeah that showed up and, and i was like okay and like, oh, you took Arrow's powers. Fantastic. You have anger issues and you can do flips. He also has the power of graphic design. He can brand these superheroes <laughs> with right. these cool new logos. Right. Um, it's the, the same power Lex Luthor had. <laughs> oh, yeah. He used them for those emails. Um, it, it, the fight's over pretty quickly because basically what ends up happening is they think that they have him uh, beat. He's able to uh, resurface and take all their powers on. Um, Oliver, as the Flash, leads him into a wild goose chase. Um, when they, they, while Cisco comes up with some sort of virus to take down the machine because Sherlock's like, just turn it off. Yes. It is a machine. Just turn it off. It's a computer. You turn it off. He's just like, I hate, I hate when you're right. And so he, uh, and they, also like in true, in, in true Cisco fashion, like, uh, like every other tech character or just like, uh, the Power Rangers, like, oh yes, we can conjure up a gadget at any moment. Oh yes, we'll get to that in um in the Arrow episode because they basically say like we can't even tell you what we did unless you have like three PhDs <laughs> because they just made they literally just made a, a piece of technology up that had never existed before, but um they eventually defeat Amazo by realizing that they can wait till he tries to phase and then shoot an arrow in with this virus in it to mm-hmm. kill. I thought it was going to, like, reprogram him and do some kind of thing, and then he was going to fall over. No, yeah. they just stab him in the eye with it, and he explodes. It go boom. Could he just, he could have done that with any arrow, right? Like, it didn't have to be a virus arrow. He um, probably not, because he probably would have either, like, it, it probably would have just, uh like, ow. What if it would have phased and it would have yeah, shot one yeah. of the guys? It would have shot uh, Ali from behind. Like, Ali threw... That would have been the third arrow he got hit with this day. Oh, my gosh. All kinds of... But right before he shoots the arrow, because there's no time to spare, he does, Amazo, you have failed this city. <laughs> uh, Barry does. And... I think... I think... I, I feel like Gustin Gray just had so much fun saying that oh, line. Yeah. He just he just likes... Uh, he just likes dishing that one out. They're like, Barry, hurry up. It's like, No. I must hit the this. This is the line. I can't do it without the line. You told me to be Oliver. <laughs> this is what you do every time, right? Uh, with, with Superman's help, they're able to defeat Amazo, return to Star Labs, and uh, Cisco uh, tries to vibe. Well, he was at one point in the episode. He saw a mysterious figure in a random vibe, so he decides he's he's going to really vibe and uh, show Oliver and Barry what he saw, and he sees the monitor talking to Deegan using the Book of Destiny, but the monitor pulls a full-on uh, Superman from Justice League and just turns and goes, hey, uh, I yeah. see, you. I yeah, see you there. I see you there. How you doing, buddy? Which was I thought was, was pretty funny because he's like, it doesn't matter what you can do. You can't stop what's coming. And uh, uh, Cisco has one of his trademark nosebleeds and they uh, bar- uh, Flash is able to speed sketch. Or, sorry, Ollie's able to speed sketch what they yes. saw in the vibe and see that there's a 
uh, Wayne Tower in the background. Therefore, this is taking place in Gotham City. Therefore, Gotham City needs to be the next place that they go. Um, I You've thought it was, all waited seven years for this. It, it's it's cool because the 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 art that uh, Ali drew when he's speed drew is Jim Lee, who I'm convinced drew it that fast. Yeah, right. Jim Lee. Have uh, you wait, seen the way that Jim Lee can just like work out sketches and at those cons? lines, man? Those lines he. Loves lines. Yeah, he's good. He's really, really good at that. Um, I mean, I mean, hello. He's like famous for it. Uh, but and also, yeah, like Superman, Batman, lines. <laughs> they drop the name Gotham City instantly. Again. Instantly, when they do, we're we are uh, given a brand new theme. We hear a theme trumpet, trumpet up, and it's cool because it's sort of like heroic and gothic. Like you hear like yeah. choir in the background. Right. Um, there's sort of a little of a, of a march to it. And you see Kate Kane's Batwoman standing, you know, uh, on top of a building, and kind of like, kind of looks like the watch, like not the watch. What's that? They had like a building in Batman that Oracle operated out of, almost like the Belfry in in Detective Comics. I know what you're talking. The clock you know, tower. There you go. It's like a clock tower or something like yes. that. Yeah, I I, it, I gave I gave me definitely clock tower vibes. The the music was definitely interesting because as someone who's been like, who's who's immersed and bombarded himself with the. Uh, the Hans Zimmer scores for Batman for the past decade. It's like, oh, this is this is a bit more trumpety in. Hmm. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um we get into part two where we get a custom arrow opening where Barry is replaced uh, <laughs> has replaced uh Ollie in all the scenes, which I thought was hilarious. It was. All that stuff was I so I had to go funny. back and watch to see, like, wait, did they do this earlier? No, it's no, only Barry. This is only in this scene, yeah. I thought it was so funny to see Barry get punched in the face in prison. Once again, I am the green arrow. No, you're not. Yes. Really, really funny. But we see that Argus is trying to bust Ravager, a.k.a. Uh, Deathstroke's son. Um, and uh, a, a wild Deathstroke has appeared. Like, literally, no mask, nothing. He's just he's just going for it. Um, and he looks like he's about to kill all the Argus agents. Like, yeah. he's about to run through all these guys. He makes a whole joke about it. It was like, does that account for the... For Argus murder? Because <laughs> they're shooting him dead on. No one's hitting him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Uh, Barry, Ali, and Kara show up and use their various powers to stop the criminal and then try to talk to Curtis and uh, Diggle. And like, hey, what what's going on? They do the whole, you, you're you and you're you. Right. Um, But they decide that they're going to help them. I uh, appreciate Diggle's continuity that he's just like, Oh crap! You brought Supergirl. This is bad. Yeah, every time it's the three of you, <laughs> something goes wrong. How do you feel about the decision? I actually, this was a jaw-dropping moment to me. Hmm. How do you feel about the decision to keep Felicity out of it? Uh, out of out of the loop. Oh, um, that was tough. Because when I found out that she didn't know, I was really taken aback. Because I was like, the first thing you did was tell everybody in the Flash, right? Like. You don't trust Felicity to, to to handle this? That seemed that seemed big to me. I was like, well, now now everyone has to walk on eggshells for her because well, you she's don't got a gun she now. She's oh, not afraid to use it. Felicity's got a gun. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah, we th- this was the like the first time we saw uh, Ravager in armor. Um, and the red skies have continued. Curtis makes a note of being like, "What is going on here? These red skies. These red skies." Um, but. They decide that from the sketch and knowing that it's in Gotham, that they're going to go to Gotham and that makes them have a discussion about Batman. Right. Which then has Oliver be like, I'm the original vigilante. Batman doesn't exist. He's just a, uh, he's just concocted by the GCPD to keep criminals in line. I am Batman. What? What? 
How did you how do you feel about Oliver's take on Batman? What a cool like tongue in cheek meta meta <laughs> approach to I, Batman mythos. I thought it was very interesting. Like I I uh, was amused by the idea that like, yeah he completely doesn't believe in this thing and that like he's just, Gotham City is just this trash mess to him that no one's been able to clean up. Yeah, um, a, a dead city they say at several points. Yes. Um, I, I I'm, I'm amused by the idea that like he thinks that the police department is able to create this fallacy to keep a, criminals scared. It would be the equivalency of uh, any town really believing in the boogeyman. Yeah. And you find out that there's no boogeyman. The cops just say that there's a boogeyman to keep people from committing crimes. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a, a whole plan. That's a whole act. Right. So, um, it it's had funny. to be approved by the mayor because it's yeah. on city money. So it's ironic that Ali's just like, oh, no, it definitely has, he's definitely not real. Um, I do take umbrage with the idea that Gotham has always existed, that seemingly Batman himself has always existed, and Batwoman now exists in a world across the street from Star City. Um, when we were first hearing about Batwoman being introduced in here, it made sense that it was Elseworlds, because people were like, oh, I guess they're going to go to a world right. where there is no Batman, there's just a Batwoman. Which... And I made it very clear in a few occasions, like, I wanted... I wanted her to be on Supergirl's Earth because I wanted those two to banter. And they've also been hints that Kara's cousin, Clark, mm-hmm. has dealt with Batman on their Earth. On and Earth because there's also the very awkward connective triangle between Supergirl, Maggie Sawyer, and Batwoman. Yes, exactly. Which would, which would be pretty... That would be... Yeah. That's actually pretty interesting. The ex-girlfriend of Supergirl's sister. Yep. <laughs> and if those, are getting mar- if those were two were to get married and have kids... Whoop! Yeah. That that yeah that is a barrel of monkeys, but is yeah. So they have to do their best job in this episode to explain to us why we have not heard of both Gotham and Bruce for seven years. And their best excuse is that Gotham is such a crappy town that uh people have just abandoned it, it in is conversation. The, it is the place the light no longer touches. Yeah, it, they've abandoned it in conversation. They've abandoned it on Except the news. Except for that one time that Ollie brought it up. Yes. Which which he only brought up because people were like had dead to rights evidence that he was the Green Arrow, right? And so he had to come up with some th- name drop somebody. Throw which, somebody. By else. the way, I started now. I started playing with the timeline because at some point I'm going to jump ahead. At some point they say that like Bruce Wayne has been gone for like three years, right? So I'm just like, wait, were they aware of that? But that's what when, I'm saying. Is so that, Ali aware of that when he says that line? Right, he's just saying it because Bruce is never going to come back to hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like all this stuff, like. There's a lot that they that they have to answer for, but I I I'm I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let it slide for the crossover. They're gonna have to do more on the back end of it, but um uh yeah they they go out they go to Gotham City where immediately of course because they're in Gotham they get accosted by a gang of people mm-hmm. who are trying to mug them. Um, Oliver tries to de-escalate the situation while Barry whoops everybody's ass and points a gun right at the leader's face, ready to pull the trigger. Uh, cops show up. Is that what when, you would have done? Is that when Merlin first shows up as a cop? No, Merlin shows up as a cop later on, right? Yes, with the Trigger Twins. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the cops show up and they're like, "We have Oliver Queen. We have the Green Arrow here. Uh, we need to arrest these people." And so they do. Felicity and Curtis figure out that the weather might be from someone trying to breach from another Earth, and uh, like I said, Cisco and them show up. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is totally going on on our on our show slash uh, town, too. Right. And we think it has to do with breaching. So we're all going to try to come together and come up with some sort of technology to get whatever's trying to breach over Ch- on this side. Or the- exactly. But that's when it's let out that this has happened 
the red lightning happened roughly around the time of the body switch, mm-hmm. which is something that Felicity did not know about. And it lets the cat out of the bag, something that Felicity is not too happy with. Um, back in Gotham, the heroes are in jail. and argue- I did find it interesting that Felicity like, immediately believes the body switch. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. There's no argument that, like, no, the, the the dude who looks like Barry Allen is my husband. I guess it was the idea that everyone else was already in on it, especially mm. when you find out later on that Iris figured it out. Right. Like, that. that's a real knife that gets twisted by Cisco later on. Right. Um, but back in Gotham, everyone's in jail, and they argue over what method is best. I thought that was kind of funny, because Carl's like, I would have just flew out of there. Like, what are you guys What are you guys doing? Like, Carl feels like a real babysitter in the situation. Yeah. Like, she you was guys a babysitter. You guys don't know what the hell you're doing. And, um... I love I love how uh, Barry says like, "Yeah, you're right. We probably should have done that. We'll, we'll take your advice next time." And she's like, "Next time, yeah, okay, because there's gonna be a next time that someone tries to pull a gun on three superheroes." <laughs> then then they, then the the woman I hate, Black Siren, denies <laughs> Oliver Queen and Barry Allen bail <laughs> for no reason because nothing has happened. To, last I checked, she just got uh, Ollie out of like real prison. Yes. But now they both deserve a night in jail. I don't know what's going on. I hate you, Black Siren, and that's just how that's gonna stay. <laughs> but um, they they are bailed out by a mysterious person, and when they refuse to get in that person's car, they show them a gun, which is a callback to what was just said about when's the next time we're all gonna get try to be you know three heroes are gonna well, be stopped by a gun. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, and I thought Kara's reaction of like, well. I guess it is coincidental. I thought oh, that was so cute. I think that they, the three of them, really have fun together on screen. Kara is just a ray of sunshine, and she has, she Kara finds a way to pull chemistry out of both of them. She no, she really does. Honestly, she does. Um, we also, see, by the way, Kara and Kara and Barry were also one of the the fan shipped relationships at some point. I do remember that. I uh, because they were really good in that season one crossover together. Yes. I also like that. When we first see Gotham, like when they're first on Gotham, that's when they, um, Adi's like, "Oh, I'm, I got somebody I can try to pump for right. for uh, things, somebody he slept with." And then Barry's like, "Oh yeah, and he slept with his ex's sister." And she's like, "Ew!" He's like, "That's not important." But it's like Barry. They did one thing to establish that this is in Gotham. Hmm. There was gargoyles on top of the building, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that's all you need." Oh, you gotta do some do some show some gothic buildings, right? And you're like, this is Gotham. This is this is. Uh, I thought that was pretty uh, cool. And you see the bat signal, um, and supposedly this is the first time we've seen this bat signal since March 14th, 1969. Mm. A bat symbol in on television, right? Signal symbol signal. Did they not have one in um Birds of Prey? Unless they were doing a flashback, cause she didn't have one, did she? Uh, and if she does, it's probably not a bat. It's like uh, some sort of. I figured it would have come up Griffin at some point or something. <laughs> it's like some sort, right. of, some sort of weird hodgepodge cat bat. It, it was the Mockingjay. There you go, the Mockingjay. <laughs> Sound like that, right? Some kind Sound of whistling. Like some kind of whistling I can't. nonsense. But um, I can't whistle. <laughs> what's cool is when they were were arrested, they were arrested on the corner of Nolan and Burton. Yes. Probably the two people who redefined Batman the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not see Snyder way down the street from. Kane <laughs> I must say I did not see Snyder way at all. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Snyder way is a bit more of a dilapidated uh a corner. It's 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 not too great. I heard when you I heard you uh it looks nice, but it doesn't really lead anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's all a dead end. All, it's always at a dead end. You think you know where you're going because everything looks familiar, but then it just <laughs> it ends in a dead end. Oh wow, that was that was a fun analogy. 
But um, uh, Kara said, they're like, well, we should just start looking around for this guy, Deegan, because they can't find him. And Kara's like, well, I'll fly around and I'll deal with it. And, uh, it's so easy for me. Yeah, you hear, like, Barry's like, I don't think that the current vigilante here is going to care too much for you flying around. And she says, well, unless she has kryptonite on her, uh, I'm, not I'm, not, really worried. I'm not really worried. Which, she should kind of be on her toes because she didn't think Ollie had kryptonite on him. And I Right. Mean, who knows how much Batwoman, uh, you know, plans if she's anything like her cousin. Mm. But I, I she also, also she also confirms that the uh, the torrid relationship between Batman and Superman very much exists on yeah. her planet. Yeah, it was very loosely said when Guardian showed up on Supergirl. She was like, um, "My cousin hates vigilantes," or something like that. Right. She was like, "My cousin always has problems with vigilantes." So they've been kind of playing this idea. They that, play with their Gotham City on Supergirl quite which, often, which means that there's a, there's a Batman and a Gotham on Earth thirty eight. Yes. We're, we're, this is all taking place on Earth one, as we know it. She also at one and one episode makes a makes a comment about like, we, we, I thought we only did masks in that other city. Yeah. Uh, Cisco says that Iris could tell um, the that Barry wasn't Barry, and Felicity and Caitlin have a pep talk because Felicity is feeling like crap because she couldn't tell. Um, Felicity and Caitlin's pep talk was odd to me because it, to me it was like Felicity made a good point of saying like what's love without respect and honesty, mm. and then Caitlin was basically said I dated a lot of guys and a lot of guys, my guys died, mm. so like don't take for granted that your guys alive. Right. Which is not what Felicity was saying. Felicity was saying, oh, no, I know my guy's alive. But he just stays lying to me all the time. All the time he's lying like to me. Like he just went to prison. Yes. And on, didn't tell anyone. Unilaterally went to prison. <laughs> and that was something that that Iris spilled the tea on with Barry. Remember, she's like, I don't know if you know this, but she didn't even tell Felicity. What a jerk. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I'm really gossiping about my man Oliver Queen here. Okay, cool. Um. Yeah, Caitlin and Felicity have a pep talk. Kara and Kate have a pep talk because uh, Kara wants to find out why Bruce Wayne left because she knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And she used her x-ray vision. She knows that uh, uh, Batwoman is Kate. She knows everything at this point. And you even see that... Uh, I think there, I think there's, a, there's an air of like, okay, unlike you two, I have seen this all before. Exactly. <laughs> um, and you, that's why she's so cavalier, I feel. Yes. Um, and you see the William Shakespeare... I was going to say, I think when you've seen the actual Batman, you're just like, yeah, it's Batwoman. Whatever. I, yeah, I, what, it's on a different Earth, but <laughs> I get it. The same thing like if you saw a Martian Manhunter. Like, I, they would all be like, what the hell? And he should be like, I get it, it's John. I, I've been in this room several times. <laughs> uh, you see her pull out a William Shakespeare uh, out of a box, and that is the William Shakespeare that they used in the 1966 Batman series that used to have the button. Old Pezzy himself. Yep. <laughs> old Pez dispensing William Shakespeare. Um, but... What I think is cool is that after they have that nice little pep talk, you find out that Deegan is working at Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Was De- was Deegan working at Arkham Asylum in the Flash episode, or is the idea that he was a a fringe, uh, like medical student slash doctor, and decided that if he was going to rewrite reality, it's just to screw with people in an asylum? Um, I, I I came to the conclusion that like he's been in the asylum, but like because the asylum is dirty and corrupted, like he's just been operating out of it. Okay, so like occasionally he does like talks at the local school about yeah. psychiatry and stuff like that. So, yeah, I could I could see both of those. I, um, I, I I did find it interesting here that like, uh, Kate Kane, despite being um, a bit standoffish, is like kind of acceptable. 
accepting of Kara. I think she like, accepts Kara. There's a Kara's... warmness between the two of them that doesn't that does not happen with the other two. I think I think one and this might be sexist. I think it's a girl thing. Uh, but the second thing is, I think she really. I think that the gumption in which Kara approaches her every time that she approaches her makes Kate realize that Kara is not going to back down. Like, uh, Kara is not going to... There's like an air of respect out of it. Yeah. Like, Ali was being too apologetic and too Barry. And Barry was being too... At one point, he goes, we're supposed to believe some flash because he just shows up and says that, yada, yada, yada. Like, he's being too pessimistic. And I feel like Kara is... The alien is the realist. I, the I that that was the only time it got me at where I was just like, okay, wait, we told everyone, are we still playing characters now? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I get, yeah. Like, we, 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 Felicity, everyone knows, should Iris know who everyone knows. is. We've yeah, all been crying this to the rooftops. Why am I still playing mean? Uh, after the reveal of the, that, um, homeboy is working at Arkham. Uh, they decide to go over there and figure out what's going on but not before the what that what was dubbed the geek squad comes up with a uh multi-dimensional anchor to get that person who's breaching over but all they managed to do is get a, a cloud of interdimensional blue energy uh and where we see 90s flash show up and demand that they uh get the book away from deegan the book of destiny mm-hmm. which coincides with the fact that uh, our heroes are looking for Deegan. So they all come together, Geek Squad and the heroes, to come up with a plan to get Deegan out of Arkham uh, Asylum. And their plan ends up being uh, they're going to pretend that Caitlyn is, um, I guess, just mentally ill. But because right. she's a meta with cold powers and Gotham has seen that before, they will just admit her. And that's exactly what happens. Yes. They're all like, yeah, we got a girl that we can make things cold. Like and she's like, yeah, go just just wheel her in. Um, Here, fill off the ball. Arkham Asylum has is notorious for its like lax security and lax, uh, you know, uh, process of. Uh, I don't know if he's in the people. other stuff, but at that point, like, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get over to hook hand cash. Oh yeah, right. That would be pretty <laughs> damn cool. Uh, so you get, you get um what I what you what did you call this? You call this the Batman um oh the, they Harley Quinn Batman they, they Harley his rogues gallery. Yes, we basically we're going get... to just lightly notice. We're going to vaguely point them out to you that they exist without actually doing it. We we definitely got like a hallway of Easter eggs. You see Cobblepot's name, uh, which is the Penguin. Uh, Pamela Isley, Poison Ivy. You see Basil Carlo, which is Clayface. Uh, the Riddler's name, Scarecrow's name, uh, and then you see M M Guggenheim. <laughs> uh, turns out that's one of the writers for the uh, Arrowverse. Yes. So he was able to sneak himself in there. Um, they they do find Deegan. And I think, they Mark, run just, I think Mark Guggenheim was just, you know, uh, uh, spouting out that he could see the future and they locked him up. I uh, I did that once before. It, it gets dangerous. It does. Um, but you see that um, they're having this conversation and Deegan's like, why would I? And this is the truth. Like, why? Yeah, man. And y'all came over here and said I should change it. And now I'm going to just change it. Yeah. Screw that. I'm not going to do any of that. And he presses like a breakout button? <laughs> what does he hit? I don't know. He hit some button that unlocks the doors. There's a there's a button on his desk that at will will unlock the doors of this maximum security psychological prison. Maximum security. And so he hits this button. It's a mass breakout. Um, and you get to see a man put on a gold mask. Mm-hmm. We find out that that man is Psycho Pirate, a, a very big character in 
the crisis on infinite earth so we start to get those tingling feelings of crisis uh that are continuing from the red skies the monitor everything's pointing in that direction sure but uh we even get a look at nora freeze who on this earth is Very well mr freeze or was that victory freeze's gun uh it, she, she takes it out of a box that says V Freeze. Okay. So we're so, I'd like to believe that they both were Freeze people? I'm not. I'm honestly not sure how that the, works. The Freeze couple? In this one. Like, I'd like to believe I'd like to believe it was a complete reversal, but in this case, like, Nora is very much alive, and I don't think we'll be seeing her again. Yeah. Um, but Nora Freeze uh, gets into a scuffle with uh, Killer Frost. Which I thought was, was kind of poetic and cool. And yeah. Freeze is being played by Cassandra Jean Amell, Steve yes. Amell's wife. Which I thought she did fine. Yeah. Um, now, we talked a little bit off air about this, but they go to uh, apprehend Nora Freeze and a, uh, a vial of fear gas smashes and um, they see each other to be Eobar Thorne and Malcolm Merlin respectively. So, it Barry sees Malcolm Merlin and Oliver sees Eobard Thawne. I personally thought it would have made more sense if Ali saw Marco Merlin, his personal fear, and Barry saw Eobard Thawne. Uh, I think it makes sense mentally if they have the same memories and mental faculties that they've always had their entire lives. Yeah. Then their fear would be brought from those memories. But also the idea that the physical fight, Barry would feel like he's fighting a speedster, which he is. He is fighting Ali, who's a speedster. And Ali would feel like he was fighting an archer, thinking he was fighting Malcolm Merlin in Barry. But um, you had a, a pretty good point. Um, basically, that it's it's more of the idea that even though they they have these sort of like this awareness that they are um, not who they're supposed to be, that they still are in a world where they lived each other's lives. So um, the Grant Gustin who is Oliver Queen, has lived all of Oliver Queen's lives and has all of Oliver Queen's histories. So when you so when you bring up like his worst fear, it becomes Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. And the and thusly such, um Stephen Amell as the Flash would be uh good old Eobard Thawne reverse flash. We we both got kind of what we wanted because I'm a huge reverse flash mark. Yes. And I know you love Malcolm Merlin. I do. Mr. Barrowman. Yeah, John speaking. Scott Barrowman. You know there is footage of him watching uh, Stephen Amell's match with... Uh, Stephen is Amell, there? Stephen Amell and... Um, Christopher Daniels? No, no, no. Before, uh, Stephen Amell and uh, uh, Neville. Adrian Neville. Against, against uh, Stardust and... King Barrett. Yes. There's footage of that's, him that's watching funny. it. And it's just him going, we're like, whoa! I didn't even know if he could do that. Like, but it's so cool because he's doing watching it for a friend. Yeah, it's like so it, there's a genuine excitement of watching his buddy just bounce around a ring. Yeah. Well, um, they defeat their respective uh, you know, hallucinations after Batwoman knocks them both basically on their asses. Um, and she's the one who stops Psycho Pirate. Uh, she does the infamous "I'm Batman, so I'm don't care about your car roof" right. thing, where I just jump on your car roof and the weight of the world just smashes it to a million bits. <laughs> so she did that, and then she used a, a cool grappling hook and a pretty, a pretty nonchalant batarang to take out uh, Psycho Pirates and his goons. But uh, she tells them to leave Gotham, and uh, Kate Kane. So I always hate when they say that. Like, say anybody else. It's mad obvious that if Kate Kane was the last woman I spoke to. 
and then I'm a woman here <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> like she's like Kate Kane told you to leave Gotham. I think you should. I think you should. I'm like, what? Why are are you Kate Kane? <laughs> you right, know what I'm right, like, right. Somebody would just do that. But um, the entire time like, I'm, you weren't there for that. How do you know? The entire time I'm thinking to myself, Kara has to know, right? She has to know. There was a scene that they showed where she was looking through the prison, uh, with X-ray vision. Right. And she's able to find the Book of Destiny. They're able to grab the Book of Destiny. Um, and no, uh, they, they don't allude to it to the very end where she says like, Hey, you know, x-ray vision, you're making your cousin proud and stuff. And, uh, they, they see through the mask. It's it's a thing. Yeah. They, they tease a a team up and that's when Kate says it will be the world's finest. And I smiled because so cute, a better world. In a better world, we would have gotten a world's finest film. In a better world, we would have seen Batman and Superman be, be pals. It's so sweet, it gives me cavities. We we would have seen them be pals before they fought violently, but we got none of that. So you know, <laughs> to each its own. Um, but we got it on because here because we have to keep milking that sweet, you know, Dark Knight Returns super grit power lifter blockhead Batman. Uh, I guess so, right? Sixty year old, in my a, ribs in are broken, a mech Batman. Suit. <laughs> Terrible. But um, how do you how do you feel about Ruby Rose Batwoman before we get off of her? Like, how do you feel about her uh Batcave thingy? Like her uh, um, a funny random note about the Batcave. Like, she has the whole elevator freight that she goes down to go into the Batcave, and I was just like, so you have your outfit stashed right in front of the elevator? Yeah, well, it reminds me of um Star Labs. <laughs> if you came to Star Labs to talk about anything, you would just see the Flash outfit there and go right. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's that doing there? I was like, you took two steps out the elevator. It's just like, that one time. I was like, Did anyone who comes up sees I, it. I like the walk. I do feel like they, they told her to be like really, really upset though in the walk. Right. And I felt like you can kind of tell that she's, you have to put, walk with, she's like, putting on her pout face. The angriest of purpose. Yeah. What are you so angry about? You're about to go uh, beat some people up. As, as you noted off, uh, as you noted off air, like. Uh, according to you, uh, Miss um Miss Lance would make the fantastic Batwoman because she just has constant anger face. That's it. If you <laughs> if you put that, all you need is. As a matter of fact, I would pay to see Kate Kane whoop Black Siren's ass. <laughs> I'd watch that for a week. She's just you know on saying? repeat. Every dun, 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 dun. that's all you need. Scarface um, on repeat. But to to finish up this Arrow episode, um. They grab the book, they go to Argus, um, and Flash from Earth-90 shows up, thinks John Diggle is a Green Lantern, which is, I mean... Yeah, that was a random cut, wasn't it? Yes, but I, I would like a John Stewart Green Lantern. I don't know if they could deal with John Diggle Green Lantern. I'd like show. it in the movies. I think that'd be way too many people if they added him to that show. And it kind of it kind of would make Ollie redundant. You spoke about, like, Ragman, same thing. Like, if you have a Ragman, do you need somebody with sticks and pointy sticks? Right, like especially like, uh, with the scale of a Green Lantern, it's like here's this like grounded street level, you know, brawling team with martial arts skills, and like, and his Diggle with the ring that can just conjure guns. Yeah, <laughs> with infinite ammo. By the way, <laughs> on the side, uh, so there are like, um, Flash of the Earth ninety recognizes the monitor, says like, oh yeah, he's here, he's starting some kind of craziness. That's going on with the multiverse, the Else Worlds, all that stuff. So Barry Oliver, uh, Kara, and the other Barry <laughs> from Earth ninety, they go to talk to the monitor, who's like, "Oh no, no, no! Listen, I'm just trying to test out these worlds because there's something huge coming, 
and I want to see who's worthy, who's going to be the champions to save uh, the multiverse from an upcoming crisis. There's that word again. Yes. And then he's like, and it's cool because you guys even managed to get the book. And then he like does something and you're takes the, the first, book right back. Like, you're the only guys who have ever gotten the book. I'm going to go take that back now. <laughs> he just takes Thanks. the book back, okay. gives it back to Deegan, who rewrites reality. And this time, Barry and Oliver wake up where they are criminals known as the Trigger Twins. And well, firstly off, like, can we just, I, I'm just amused by like the ease of like the whole monitor um, altercation. Oh, yeah. He's all like, I was like I'm going to take this book here back. Thanks. People have been likening him to Thanos. Uh, it's probably the, worse. The, like, the, like, portal coming through. Oh, okay. You I know, can, I, I just do that. what I want. You guys, I, was I more can just you're trying, but I... I was just more amused by, like, like, like 90, like, Wesley shit flash. It's just like, I'm going to stop you. He's just like... Oh, he just... Nope. Think, and I was wondering, like, did he just kill him? Like, because at first, they, they, like, resets it. Yeah. Like, resets the lineup. Right. But at first, I was like, is he dead? Like, he just, did he just killed that man? Oh my god! It was nah, so crazy. he's he's like um, he's in China with the monks and Goldberg. I guess. Oh yeah, uh, Big Sir. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, they wake up and they are the Trigger Twins, which is a, a crazy callback from the freaking fifties. That was a new one. I never. That's a callback from the fifties. Uh, they were a heroic uh, brother duo of um, like cowboys, but then they got brought back in the nineties to as uh, villains in Detective Comics, and eventually they became Black Lantern. So that's like their whole thing. But what's funny uh, is that they were killed in the comics by Wild Dog and Vigilante, two Arrow nice characters. So I thought that was pretty. Only cool. one of those still around. Um, Ricardo Diaz, Ravager, and Malcolm Merlin are the cops. In this new universe. Uh, and doesn't Ali just, like, beat the hell out of Ricardo Diaz, like, off the jump? Like, I don't even care if you're, like, a different Ricardo Diaz. He just, like, turns, grabs the gun, butt. <laughs> Beats them up, and they go to run for it when they find that they are confronted by a black-suited Superman. And that's how the Arrow Elseworlds episode ends. Yeah, uh, yes, the black-suited Superman that everybody wanted. And the one we saw a set photos of, so everyone was like, is Superman just plain evil in this thing? Right. But we find out when Supergirl opens up that Deegan used the Book of, of Destiny to turn himself into Superman. Because, I mean, come on, literally, laundry list. Like, if you're going to turn yourself into I anybody, I mean, if you were told to Superman. think bigger, I was like, yes, I'll be Superman. And they said, like, you wanted the power of a god in your hands. Like, do something with it. But, um... We see... This is, you know, we were alluded that we might get a black suit of Superman in Justice League, so this checks off a lot of people's boxes. Yes, it does. How do you feel about... It also gives him the collar, which means bad. Yes. <laughs> this is the High Chancellor collar. This is the <laughs> New 52 <laughs> collar. Yes. Um, collar Superman means a bad day. And it means he sleeps with Wonder Woman. But what do you... How do you feel I'm about... Okay that. How do you feel about the, the black suit of Superman and the get-up? How did you feel about evil Superman's portrayal? Uh, I had fun with it. Like, it, it, it definitely didn't come off like... You know, it was evil super, uh, like evil Superman that you are alluded to in, um, like the Nightmare Realms or the Injustice series, but like definitely a dude drunk on power with the idea of like playing Superman. Yeah, it's like it's like a child playing pretend Superman and just having the time of his life. And where and where a normal child would falter, right? Like. Yeah. I would just end up being selfish and this would all end up being about me. That you right. hear later on, his uh, co-workers are basically like, it's all about him. Um, and yeah, that's black suit we cannot get away from, right? Like this black suit is as tied to his mythos as everything else. Every every iteration has shown some sort of this black suit. Yes. So uh, I guess it was a long time coming. But um, like you said, the biggest difference is that damn collar. 
<laughs> um, but even though Barry and Oliver are confronted by a man who can snap their both their necks and has snapped necks in the past, uh, they are able listen, to trick him with listen, some. Listen. <laughs> they're able to trick him with some kind of crane fiasco and get away. Yes, because he still wants to save people. He still thinks he he's... wants to be. Well, he wants to be the hero, and thus he must save people. Exactly, and because he has to save people, he is predictable. So they yes. put him in a predicament in which he would do the predictable thing and save people. Uh, they're like, well, we need somebody with tech, so we need to go find Cisco. Meanwhile, Kara is in Star Labs, which is now a containment center, a, a Superman's headquarters, but also yes. like a containment center, um, which is cool because the first time Star Labs ever appeared in the comics was in a Superman comic. Oh, okay. So the idea that uh, he would use that as his as his base makes some sense. We see um, they have like a kind of a cutesy conversation of like, "Oh, you didn't want to take my gender too," uh, <laughs> I, which I thought was kind of cutesy. And you see, Kara is there. I with... did kind of find that sort of interesting because like like you've met Supergirl, but you went to Superman, even though you probably I don't remember if you like had a interaction with Superman particularly. No, definitely. Well, she's like, okay, you just decided to take that vision. Sure. I guess the book told you. Yeah, that book that makes you see all. Um, it makes you understand Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Uh, turns out that Flash hadn't used Star Labs until the 1990s John Wesley ship show. Mm. So, bringing everything all, all around. And now it's just his thing. So, they're looking for Cisco. They open a door to an apartment and they find the greatest... Studio apartment <laughs> in the history of studio apartments, which is where the monitor is hanging out, which is just seems to be like this void of space. And he's like, let me talk to you guys about your destinies. Yes. And he basically tells them that they gotta find they gotta find out who's gonna be their true selves, that Ali seems to be suicidal, mm-hmm. and that maybe he will find this death that he's looking for. And we um we're gonna get more about that uh later on. But they go find Cisco, who, like every other Earth, is uh, every time he's on another Earth, he's evil. We had Reverb Cisco, but also somewhat awesome. Yes, still smart. Right. He's never a failure. Like in some way, has reached a height of his potential, where he's either a, a business owner or a mob boss. Which maybe, which maybe got you thinking as to like maybe these or guys know, or maybe, a uh, is it a, 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 a successful lounge singer? Maybe these guys are holding him back. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe Team Flash is holding him back because uh, Rebirth said he could be a god. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he had his own Ramon Industries or whatever yes. uh, in, in Flashpoint and now this. Where he's like, I thought that was a little bit expository. He's like, we don't even, can you still breach? He's like, how do you think I got in all those bank vaults? That's why I got $100 bills just on top of counters and stuff. <laughs> but... They go to Cisco asking for help, and Cisco introduced them to what was affectionately called Superman's worst pal. Yes, Jimmy, Superman's worst pal, Jimmy James Cheese Olsen. Whiz Olsen. I love James Olsen. James Olsen, uh, I, evil and, James I, and Olsen. I still just thought, to this day love the idea. That it's just like no, 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 no. We're going to make Jimmy Olsen a hunky black man. I also like the like object of women's desires everywhere. But still, Jimmy Olsen. but still kind of hokey. Yes. Um, I would have also liked a few more stars in this, only because we got to see people like um Jimmy Olsen be evil and Caitlin Frost. It would have been cool to Caitlin Frost. I said that all wrong. Killer Kate, Frost. Yes. Killer Snow. <laughs> yes. Um, it would have been cool to see like a a gang of villains become the insurgency. Right. 
You know, but we saw no opposition to it's Superman. Like something like Citizen Cold kind of thing. Right. We saw no opposition to Superman. People were just kind of like, ah, he's a dick. Well, but, it's Superman. You don't get much but, of one. Oh, yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we get, we see uh, Homeboy. You haven't been watching Legends of Tomorrow, right? I have not. So you didn't get, like, the whole Gary thing? No. The bartender that was all like, oh, you guys, I love the Trigger Twins. Oh, he was supposed to be a... He's a character on Legends of Tomorrow that fanboys over everything. Oh, okay. Like, he's real, like... Wacky. That's, waga why waga. Camera, that's why the camera kept focusing on him. And he, at one point, he goes, you guys are heroes. We're not heroes. Legends. Right. And so I was like, dun, dun. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I felt like, like, okay, you're not just a random character because the camera keeps, like, centering on you. It's the only connective tissue for Legends, but, you know. Nah. It is what it is. Uh, bu- 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 yeah, they fight. They decide um, that they, they convince him that he made, like, you can breach to other Earths. You don't know you can, but you can breach to other Earths. We need to go get Superman, right? Is yes. That the... they, yes, they go to the Fortress. Of because, they, because they also understand that Kara is being taken by regular Superman, and they do not stand even the closest of chances no, not at with all. that Superman. So they go, imposter Superman. So they decide to go to the Fortress of Solitude, which is basically ripped out of Superman 1 the and movie. 2. Yeah. Uh, which seems like the very definitive. Like We haven't had like a new take on the Fortress in a minute. No, we haven't. It's usually all like these giant ice crystals. One of the, I think it was New 52, one of them, he had a fortress like in the ocean. Or Did he? The, or the, it was somewhere that's not where it usually is. And I was uh, like, oh, okay. Backups. I mean, you got to have backups, right? People just always breaking in and stuff like that. I mean, Batman has a base on the moon. Uh, Hell bad armor, baby. Yes. Uh, yeah, so they said that they were going to go to get Clark. They get Clark. Um, is this when they, is this when she's wearing the, the, the gown. Gown? Yes. And I'm like, oh, look at these. Look at everybody. Oh, yeah, because Cisco sees um, Steel's hammer. Yes. We see Steel's hammer. I didn't hammer. know what that was for a while. Yeah, it's it's Steel's hammer of of uh, Shaq fame, I guess. <laughs> or, sure. or, or or Reign of the Superman fame. Uh, yeah, it's better. Uh, Steel, which maybe we're getting down on the Superman show. They're supposed to be making a Superman show, too. I hope not. But you get um, it's it's it's, it's not going to be good for the whole. Good Superman fights bad Superman without destroying Metropolis. I need to say that again. Without <sighs> destroying Metropolis, at one point they stopped to fight so that Superman could put down a helicopter. That is an aesthetic choice that a lot of people do not make. I watched the animated series; <laughs> cities got destroyed in that cartoon constantly. Do not start. Listen, listen. Uh, well, um. They're able to uh, get the the Book of Destiny because they find it in that little reverse flash time vault that's right. inside uh, Star Labs. And Which, by the way, like, before I stop you, uh, like, they spent a lot of money on all of these Supergirl and Superman scenes for this crossover. Yeah, you're not lying. Like, they put work into the CGI for I this I think one. she flies in every episode. Yeah, and like, like they have that like that cool scene where she's like flying through the hallway and, yeah. and the Superman fight. And some of that stuff can look kind of hokey and video gamey yeah but i think they did uh, the they, budget's gonna be what the budget is but i'm glad they got a lot of this stuff in there and um they're able to give the book to to clark because supergirl can't read it she um oh we just missed the entire plot point supergirl convinces <laughs> alex it's alex let her danvers out. of this earth and alex the danvers. first time we've ever seen an alex danvers on this, earth one on, on earth one um she convinces Alex Danvers to let her go by relating to her through 
describing how her Alex is and thinking that they have similar things. I half wanted Alex to like like electrocute her, like hit a button on the thing and just like, <laughs> like sh- you're in jail and I'm your jailer. You will say absolutely anything sure. to get out of here. Anything. My boss, Superman, that guy, you know, he says that you're you're no good. You would tell me anything. You would tell me that your our parents have the same name. Certainly. Which is why I never understood why people, if you're fighting somebody, why it's like, he might be telling the truth. But do you, I, I do think that the conversation was sweet. And it definitely had hallmarks of that Supergirl um, optimism, that Supergirl, yes. every individual is important. Save Alex, save the world in a kind of way. Sure. Free Alex, free Alex, free the world. So um, I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, and I do think that um, I do think that it was sweet and stuff like that. It's a little bit of I think uh, the suspension idea, of disbelief that she just. I think was the like, idea okay, is that, like like they have that whole scene where she listens to the conversation first between Alex Danvers and Killer Frost, and she's able to pick up ticks that like okay. Maybe I can manipulate this because it sounds like she's going through a lot of the same things my sister did. Yeah. Because, like, like her sister's really disgruntled with her place in life. She's taking shifts at this. She's taking all the shifts at work so she doesn't have to go home. Yeah. So it's like as she she's not having any luck dating men. So it's like, okay. Maybe this I sounds can, familiar. I, I know this story. Right. Maybe yeah. I can click into these things and connect with this person and she can see that like these things aren't right. And, you know, it basically helps drag this Alex also out of the closet. She hears all those things while also finding out that she can use her super breath inside the That cell, one was a little weird. But that doesn't go anywhere. It goes like absolutely nowhere. Unless it was just made to get her attention. I guess. Because um, she's able to convince Alex to let her go. Alex does let her go. Um, I also think, like you said, uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was expressed that maybe not everyone who works for Superman believes in Superman's goals. Right. And so if she can, if she can play on the doubt that Alex has for Superman, she could eventually get, get her on her side. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, she uses I mean, even, from the I, even the, uh, even the, um, like where Superman returns to the base and they're all just like... Great job, Superman. Oh, yeah. All seems really Oh, well, I liked how he smashed. That That was the first thing he did was go in there and smash the controls. Yeah. And at one point, <laughs> he's very like, Kylo you're Ren. a monster. No, I'm Superman. It's very Kylo Ren. <laughs> uh, I love that whole, you're a monster. No, I'm <laughs> Superman. But it was such a like, like, childish they, thing to say. They all do seem like really hammed up and they're like, they're just playing the game to make Superman feel good. Or else he'll just rip off everybody's head. Yeah. You've seen what he did to Shazam in, in, in Injustice. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it gets crazy. Killed a child, man. Killed a child. Uh, Clark is able to see everything through this book and he yes. is able to get Barry Oliver into their real uh, bodies and Kara all charged up. Mm-hmm. But Deegan gets the book back. And attempts to re- rewrite reality once more. The Book of Tesseract? So they decided, <laughs> they, they, they pull to the side and they decide to come up with a plan that I think is horrible. <laughs> I actually think this is where a lot of this falls apart because they decide that Barry's going to run in one direction and Carl's oh, going to run in another hated direction. This. this was supposed to be, I think, an homage to uh, Superman when he did this. Uh, and it just keeps reminding me of how stupid that idea is. No, you, I mean, it, it, it does defy a lot of logic. Superman and a, and a just lot killed of, everyone on that planet. 
it, 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 survived, <laughs> it defies a lot of logic and it defies a lot of actual scientific evidence. Right. Like, um, no, it would not slow down time. You would have stopped the planet or slowed down the planet and everyone who's standing there would have been like, what's going on? But Clark sees in the book that this is how they're supposed to die. And this is the biggest carrot yes. that they've dangled because this is how these two characters die in, in the actual crisis on Earth. Well, well this is how, well, how Flash dies. dies. Yes, this is definitely how We've Flash dies. we wasted the death scene already. Yes. With this is how Flash dies on uh, on uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. He runs so fast that he basically disintegrates in trying to in saving the into, world, yes. actual saving the world. Just falls right into the speed force. Right. Um, and we'll get to why this we'll get to why this plan is dumb in a bit. But <laughs> the idea is that um, they they'll do that. But Clark is like, no, they will. Um, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. And they're like, well, we got to. And they just leave. Right. So Oliver's like, I'll talk to the monitor. I know where his apartment's at. So he goes to the monitor's apartment, and uh, the he's like, you got to spare them. You know, they're the best hope. It's not me. Stop looking at me as a champion. And then our monitor's like, well, there's going to have to be an exchange to maintain the balance. A life for a life of some sort. Yes. And we don't find out what's going on there. Or two lives, I, I guess. <laughs> so Clark is still taking on I, I imagine that's the trade. It would have to be two lives for two lives. It, I guess it depends on what on what needs to get done. Like, if Ollie can I get guess. it done with that one body, I guess, you know, maybe that that's all they need. But this is, is where... That, I, is that the deal the monitor would take? Yeah, that's true. Well, he seems all kind of, like, not good, not bad in this. So I I, I don't nah. even know how it, you can trust him as far He's as you can throw He's just a dude in the middle trying to get a job done. That's all he is. Clark is joined by Lois, Brainy, and John. I think this is one of your favorite parts because Brainy's like, oh, wow, robot. <laughs> like an <laughs> android. I love Brainiac. Because uh, Amazo's back. So now it's Amazo and, and Deegan against seemingly Martian Manhunter, Clark, and Brainy. Brainy though- just kind of has this really like like gleeful appreciation. Like, ah, oh, yes. I thank you for bringing me. I wish he was green. Is he really blue in the comics? I think he is. Maybe that's what it is. I miss like the uh, green, like Vril Docs from... Do you have your DC Universe? Uh, the book, the encyclopedia is. No, 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 not the book. The uh, oh, the DC Universe subscription. Yes, 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 I do. Okay, I think I can. I think I can find the episode for you because I think he is that color. Ah, uh, he might. The one that's in the future that Supergirl meets up. with. The legend, the Legion of Superheroes version yes. of. Uh, okay, I, I, I dig it. Um, yeah. So they all come to fight, and now Barry's there, whatever. And uh, this is this is where I am confused. Okay. I assumed Barry and Kara were going to die to save the Earth. Yes. So it wouldn't be an attempt. It would be an actual just a sacrifice to save the Earth, right? Um, The deal that he makes with the monitor is to allow them to live through that? Yes. And this is all orchestrated by the monitor anyway, right? To a degree. What an odd test if you think that these people are going to be the the saviors of humanity. Because if Oliver doesn't come, you killed them. They die to prove your point. Of but that maybe they that's can the failure. Them. Think Ollie's always supposed to come through and be like, I think, I think life for life. I, I I think the idea of um of righteous sacrifice is the true test of them. Oh, it has it. This universe. Saves itself through righteous sacrifice. Yes. It just so happens that in this instance, it would have been those two. Yes. But eventually, it will be someone. Yes. Someone will. Okay. I actually like that a lot better. I they, think the idea that Ali, like, you know, uh, potentially volunteers as tribute. Um, 
you I've know, seen that once before. Right. Um, in order to keep uh, these two people that are like, well, one is his friend and one is this woman he knows. Yeah, right. Who he regards as a hero to, uh, like, to keep them alive and 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 offer up something in return. Like, I think that's the passing grade. I can see that. You know, because like, if Barry and Oliver just die, maybe the plan fails. And there's a lot. There's a lot where I can see the monitor assuming that that the Barry Carway is always going to be it. Yes. And he just seemingly keeps getting more impressed by Oliver's gumption. Right. To the point where he's like, oh, whatever, bro. If you want he, to be He's you. basically just like, you, you You think with all your anger and vigor, you just get to command a god? Um, it's like, you're not a god. It's like, well, technically there isn't a word for what I am. So we're just going to stick with god. Yeah? You smartass. <laughs> uh, you got... um. They mentioned Argo, which is uh, a city, city, a city in Krypton. Yes, um, it was. Uh, in, in this case, I think it is the bottled city, or can, the lost like city. the Candor yeah. situation. Yes, I can see that. Um, and because it is the city they go to to get the um the Heron L for the last season. Yeah, yeah, and it's um which is now becoming a really awkward side plot for Lena. Uh, you talking about the uh the rain stuff? Yes, I got you. Um. Yeah, so they, they be, like, that's what I'm saying. The monitor allows Barry and Carr not to die because he could have just stopped all this. Sure. All this, but whatever. He lets them not die. And then there's, like, the worst scuffle for this book, <laughs> which in my mind is, like, this scuffle would be a lot easier with a speedster and another Kryptonian here. I feel like they, they could have got him. I feel like all I mean, of them I together like with Martian Manhunter. I feel like Superman should have been able to rip that book out of his hands real easy. But like, okay, whatever. Is the part where he like drops it and then he just picks it back up? Yeah, goes back and, to and reading just like, it. And no, he he turns it towards Superman. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, blinds him. <laughs> ah! Like it, it just like it pushes him back or whatever. And I was just like, for Superman, you really just sauntered over there. Because like after the time speeds back up, he catches Lois. Yeah, they have a moment. And then he goes to get the book. I was just like, you could have just... Yeah. And it like, the all been speed that you made it over there when they breached over in Smallville. Yeah. Like, where was that? I, but uh, the power of plot. So many, so many things. Same thing with, uh, with Brainy and, and a homie. Like, I guess maybe because he wasn't a meta. Uh, Amazo couldn't just give him, like, at least kind of a fight. He, he uh, beat the hell out of Amazo. Well, you but know, I mean, it is what it is. Intellect. Anyway, they, they 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 do manage to get the uh get the book when Oliver shoots the book uh with an arrow enhanced by the monitor. The cosmic the arrow. cosmic arrow. Uh, the book has failed the city. Deegan <laughs> gets uh heavily disfigured. Gets turned into a skull. He basically gets turned into how he looks like in the comics because he kind of like has like a skull face, like a like a right. scary skull. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, and he just goes to jail. Uh, reality is restored. Everybody's good. Uh, they everyone's saying they're parting goodbyes. Uh, Clark and Lois tell Kara that they're having John, baby. Yes. Again, John Kent. Can we get a Damien? Let's do the Super Sons. Can we not? Watch him out. Watch him out. You don't want to see. You don't want to see Bruce's. You know, uh, test tube baby show up at Kate Kane's door. Like, 
Such a brat. They sent me here for my dad. You're not. You now. You got to babysit me. You got a real. Such a uh, jerk. You got a real. Uh, I feel like there was a movie plot, but I can't remember. I don't know. But yeah, uh, Lo- Clark wanted to tell Carl all the time that he wants to retire because Lois is having a baby and they're gonna go to Argo City so that she can Isn't have that, that he baby. wants to retire or that he just wants to take a break a while uh, and and deal with the uh, gestation period. <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. Okay. I think it's the idea that. He sees a lot in Kara, and right. because he sees that Kara can handle herself and Earth, that he can do both. Okay. Put the cape down and uh, live in a environment where that baby would not rip through Lois Lane right. just by kicking it. I, I, I thought that was a nice little workaround where it's like, it's enough that we can't really explain away the fact that both of your DNAs were able to harvest the child. Right. But at least we can work around. They're like, no, no, no. If we take her to Argo, this will not kill her. And I think they went to Argo together. Yes. Which also could probably explain how the conception happened. Uh, yes, that's, that's exactly so what you it got, was. you got both the conception and Well, I see, I don't think it explains the, the science of the conception as much as it explains... Well, I'm going to draw a that. picture for you. No, I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> not. That's why you got to start doing this on video. Um, uh, yeah, so they decided that they're going to leave Earth to her. I felt like that was a roundabout way of saying we're not going to see Superman for a while, and I really like that Superman, so... Um, see, what I want what I want to see happen, or at least um, try a little bit, is like, they made it a point that he is leaving completely. So, does Kara have to juggle two cities now? That would explain why people think Luther might be showing up. They did cast him. Right? If he has to, if she has. And you know what? Honestly, get her out of National City. You think like, so? National City seems like small town, big city. Mm. She's dealt with this. She, they, they know her. I'm, I'm, I want to see her go back into a, a place where people are not a little bit more hesitant. I don't want, like, we hate vigilantes every, right. like, every season of Arrow, but right. I want to see her bump against an establishment that's already been there. National City loves her. Now she's doing, like, the DEO stuff, but, you know. Well, she just, uh, it looks like she's about to leave the DEO because she won't, you know, reveal herself. Yeah. And because... But, like, my- I think that would be an interesting, like, turn of event, so at least... Um, a uh uh some sort of connective uh I I consider it's connected but a um consequence of Superman leaving and like leaving her to defend both that city and hers and it'll also be cool if Luther has enough uh intuition to know that right to be like oh Superman's not here he left you, you see understand? and 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 yes. and go around and play with that stuff that would be pretty damn cool um. Although, and like, at some level, like, I don't want, I don't want Lex to outshine Lena because we have spent so much time with Lena Luther, and like developing this character that's kind of been this slow burning potential heel turn that they tease every year. Oh, it's gonna be heartbreaking when they do it, bro. Oh yeah, oh totally. I think, um, I think that they have a lot of big guns left on Supergirl, and so if they're gonna give her the spotlight for a little while. I can I can dig it. Honestly, can and maybe they maybe they are getting used to the idea that she deserves more of because those first two crossovers barely gave her anything. I think they did think that she, her and her universe and the things that they've done on that show deserve more of a forefront in this Arrowverse. Sure. Although to her credit, though, she is she has the distinction of being able to also have her own private crossovers at Barry. This is true. Because they did do that twice before with they the, did with the, the singing one. one and yeah. The musical and the first world's finest. This is true. 
my boy Clark, because, you know, I don't know. I'm going to jump to a conclusion that he had a good John Kent. Had a good Martha Kent, you understand? I'm gonna assume that this I I I I have the evidence to assume that this Clark was raised by good, God fearing individuals, because what happens after he realizes he knocked up Miss Lois Lane? He proposes. He crushes some coal like he did in Superman three in front of Richard Pryor, and he proposes. Uh, and without even saying anything, she just says yes. She's with it, and we have. Uh, another wedding, another crossover, another wedding. Yeah. Now I gotta figure out if someone got engaged in the first crossover, in that invasion, in that invasion one. No, they were all just in their like dream places and fighting aliens. And then they fought, and then they fought like their uh, their like weird enemies. I, I just remember the awkward Arrow episode because it was also Arrow one hundred, so they were also like trying to shove a lot of weird cameos. We're gonna in make there. all of our callbacks for the yeah, past yeah, few yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Like here's Death Stroke. Here's all um, the callbacks to the to the show while being one show of right. four shows. Right. on this show, it was a lot. It was a lot, guys. So try not to do that again. Right. Which at least like they got. They, they, I guess we lucked out because like the Flash one hundred was just before this. Yeah, I so they got to do all their cameos. Early. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if that was um deliberate because you know how uh, early they they filmed. Uh, yeah. this stuff so they got to you know space all that stuff out uh but back on earth one barry and ollie are drinking they stressed even though ollie i mean even though barry admits that he can't he can't get drunk yeah so technically neither can kara unless you get like the right kind of alien drink alien bnb that's all it is right um but Oh yeah, they're talking about their their adventure and all that kind of stuff, and they're like, "Well, you know, you really got some things going on with you, and you and I respect you more, and I respect you more." It's a real big like conversation, propping each other up, realizing that they probably jumped to some conclusions about each other they shouldn't have, and that they are two sides of an essential coin, which I thought was pretty cool. It's it's basically a conversation that Batman and Superman would have, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm glad to see this budding friendship after all these years uh, continue. Um, and it turns out that if you look. At the end of every one of these crossovers, Barry and Ollie end up in a bar. So I don't know. Uh, if, yeah. yeah, I guess the, this establishment is getting a lot of money once a year. I also like the Kara. This is like an annual thing. She's like, no, yeah, not. yeah, that was pretty meta. Like we're just gonna point that out. Really, really funny. Um, and I like to see. I like seeing Brainy next to Cisco. Yeah, that was that was also kind of cool. <laughs> but as they're there, we get they get a call from Kate Kane who says that Deegan, who's in Arkham Asylum, has a a best friend and i i was really trying to puzzle my head because i didn't think it was going to be who it was i was like who the hell who the hell deserves a post-credit reveal you know it's not like right. who could it be who could it be and i'm not gonna lie because i had read the story and because i had read the the other crises the line drop of worlds will live worlds will die and the universe will never be the same that's straight out of the comic that's straight out of all the marketing material for that that's straight out of you know that that's all crisis on on infinite earths and so, is the, title card. and so is the mask <laughs> and when all that came together like we we talked a lot even in the amongst uh, us the host of major issues that they are getting playful with crisis on Earth, on infinite earths and yes. taking things from it and, and borrowing and lending but now they're just gonna straight up do it yeah um which is a triumph to me as to how far this has gotten uh, as ho- how far this whole Arrow versus is gone, and I, I think one of these this days this is the uh, the Infinity War of that TV show. Definitely, it's it's going to be the culmination 
of all their hard work, the same way Infinity War was. And that's why I thought it was so apropos to cover this crossover because they are doing great things uh, at uh, CW with these DC properties that maybe DC should be taking note of because they have built the uh, the foundation on which they can put a crisis. It, it is earned. Yes, it is. It's definitely earned. And we have affection for these characters. We understand these characters. And even an introduction like a Batwoman or a Lois Lane, they get right off the bat. They get all their characteristics right off the bat. And we don't have to worry about it. There was no emails showing these people. There was no, you know, uh, random uh, <laughs> exposition. Like, we got exactly what we needed from everyone here. And I thought this was a triumph. I, it wasn't perfect, but they do a great job of meshing all these things together. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. So here's it. my question. Go ahead. It's made very clear here that we're probably going to see a lot more Batwoman on the Arrow show. Yes. Does Kate Kane get her own TV show by the next cycle? I think she does. Going into crisis. I think she does. I think she should. And I also think, honestly, honestly, she should take some of the dead weight from the other shows with her. Hmm. Yep. Like, take Dinah. I like Dinah. But if you're if you're set on keeping... You can't siren. I, I, she had. I think she's stuck in that in that timeline because of the flash forwards. But oh, I would say. But if they're aware of the flash forwards, wouldn't that change things? I would just blame it on Nora. Maybe, maybe Nora doesn't. <laughs> but uh, the idea is that um, you don't need two black canaries on Arrow. You don't really even need Mister Terrific. Mister Terrific could be a, a tech guy on because Felicity's a tech person on on Arrow. But so. they're the outsiders. They are, they are. Maybe maybe it needs to be Batwoman and the Outsiders. Maybe. You know? That's maybe, an idea. Maybe they go that route. If they're giving Batman stuff to everybody, they might as well go that route with but, it. But um, they, they've also teased the idea that, uh, you know, uh, maybe old Wild Dog should run from... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Run for office of some sort, even though you think with that criminal... You can do anything in Star City. You can be a rich like, playboy that criminal and... criminal record. You could be a rich playboy and become a mayor. You could have just murdered a person and become the DA. You can do... You could be an alcoholic, daily alcoholic, and just be the police chief a captain. alcoholic. And be a police chief captain who just pulls out a bottle of brandy every now and then from the... Who then the, became deputy mayor. Oh, my God. Out of control. Star City, you need to get your stuff together, please. Um, and I think Gotham's worse. But more than Star City, DC, get your stuff together because CW is killing it with these crossovers. But the next thing that we'll be covering here on the Major Issues podcast will be Aquaman. So we'll see if DC's got all their ducks in a row. They haven't come out with anything cinematic since uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. And before then, Justice League. Yeah, we're big (laughs) in China too, I think. Maybe. Um, We're big trouble in Little China. How do you like that? I have to give you one grown worthy, uh, one grown worthy quote uh, to leave off on this. On any last parting words uh, uh, dealing with this this uh, very ambitious crossover or the future of that crisis is. Um, A private conversation we had all between us was that that if I had any main concerns, um, it's that I don't want them to bloat Crisis on Infinite Earths too much. Uh Um, This was three hours of them juggling not only the main. Uh, storyline of the crossover, but interjecting everyone else's personal journeys within the crossover. Yeah, that's true. You know the 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 strained relationship between uh Oliver and Felicity. Felicity. Um, the 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 weirdness of Kara and her identity crisis issue, also a crisis book. Yeah, right. Identity uh, crisis. I don't want them to do that. References. 
References. Well, no, but like that, she's having an identity crisis. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. You know, being for being pushed to uh, reveal, reveal herself. herself. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever the stuff it is that's going on in Flash, like with his daughter and everything else, they, they barely bring that up in this. Honestly, do you want a Batman? No, not at all. No. Okay. Um, because I I have championed the CW as being a place where. They are free of these massive things that constantly overshadow them. Yeah, you know, like you you can't have these characters in a Batman in interviews that has Batman and Superman because everyone's just going to want Batman and Superman. Well, it's it's and actually I, it's yeah, because that, it's that DC, magnetic draw you can't avoid. DC knowing that Batman and Superman have been their most uh, profitable profitable superheroes, although I think that that's uh case of just mismanaging some of those heroes certainly um they have chosen definitely from the 70s upwards to revolve majority of their stories around these people yes um so even if you pick up a We've new book like or a new batman story movies or how many batman books Ugh. you understand like so they've they've revolved and it makes, I think makes sense they make money from started there was like five batman books there was there was a lot because we had Batman, we had Detective, we had Batman and Robin, Batman we had Eternal. Batman the Dark Knight, Batman Eternal. Yeah, man. There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of Batman comics. I heard you like Batman, so we put some so we Batman put in your y- Batman. That's it. They pimped our Batman books. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly do get that. I would like to see. I mean, I, I, I would have seen just like them if, for Crisis on, I'm sorry, I would just like them for Crisis on Infinite Earths to cut the fat of everyone else's like personal particular like... Um, by killing them. <laughs> well, no, no. But cut the fat of, of these tangen- these like tangential ties they have. These to tangential be- ties and these and like like forcing all of the side characters in so they can all have dialogue. I'm like, no, superheroes, anti monitor, just stick to the yeah. format. Yeah, fight. That the means big you gotta thing. open it. You have to open that crossover with everyone who's not essential, either being wiped away or. Just the heroes being put where the anti monitor is, and then you don't got to deal with any of that stuff. That's fine, or like or at least like just like, give me a short lead into all of it and get straight to it. I don't, I don't need to see Caitlin and Felicity sit down and have a talk about Oliver. Yeah, when we're like dealing with this big especially, thing right now, especially when Caitlin doesn't know Oliver, like right, couldn't even point them out in a the lineup, like right. But you know, it is what it is. I think it's incredibly ambitious, but I I look forward to what else they're going to do, and I do also look forward to. I would like it to be a TV movie instead of a three show thing. I dig I dig that too. I would like it to just be like this CW movie event, two hours, Crisis on Infinite Earths, bring your kids. Yeah, I wonder if they fold in the Legends and Black Lightning for that as well. I can do with Black Lightning not being in it, but mostly because he is so grounded that he doesn't need to be involved in this massive shit. Although they just did that story where. There's like an alien thing controlling half the town. I guess, yeah. And stuff. So they might be playing up that whole, like, by the time you got to Arrow Season 4, there was magic. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I wonder if they're starting the off grounded. season everyone hates. I wonder if they're starting off grounded and they're going to start playing around and all that other kind of stuff. Maybe. Um, But yeah, this was one hell of a crossover. This was one hell of an episode. And that was one hell of an Avengers trailer. But Aquaman is next on deck. Aqua Bro. Aqua H2O, and he will be, uh, that movie comes out on the 21st, but we will have a fresh review for you guys on the 19th, spoiler free to start it off, and then a big helping of spoilers right off the back for those who've seen it, you understand? Um, But if you want to see or listen to other episodes of the Major Issues Podcast, you can find the Major Issues Podcast wherever podcasts are found, that's Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, 
uh, Google Play, the Apple Podcast app on your phone. If you have an iPhone, you already have the podcast app to search major issues. Or how? Go to Google and search major issues podcast. And we're the first ones that pop right up uh, while you're there. Uh, give some of our episodes a listen. We cover all things to do with comic books and comic book media. Um, and... How about you leave us a nice little rate and review under our Christmas tree? Yes. Rate and review this podcast is the quickest way for us to learn uh, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and what you guys, the audience, wants. Don't forget to go to uh, TeePublic slash user slash comic book click to get the merch for comic book click. I'm going to include that link in the show notes. But don't forget that to reach comic book click, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I am at Major Issues CBC. I am at Rebirth GT. And you can talk to us on Twitter about all things comic book related. Let us know what you're thinking. Three o'clock in the morning, you come up with something, let us know how you're feeling. About this Titan show, how you feeling about War of the Realms, how you feeling about all this stuff that's coming down. What you thinking about this Avengers trailer? Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. But I think that this has been a hell of an episode and a hell of a way to start uh, a brand new phase of major issues. <laughs> but uh, I am George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Avengers Infinity... Whoa, Avengers Endgame trailer and CW crossover recap and review. And remember, whether you wake up in this reality or the next, wake up whether you wake up next to your best friend's friend's wife wife (laughs) and you don't want him him to walk in, whether uh, you have to give one of your... Ex-wives and alimony paycheck, <laughs> alimony check from Earth thirty-two, or whether you or just, whether you've come to bargain, or whether you've come to bargain, and don't forget, you might be just that super. Man, did you see all those cameos on that show? <laughs> whether you have ice powers, whether you're an android that can replicate uh, technology, whether you're holding the book of destiny, or you're just one of us trapped in a crisis, remember. We are the click. Oliver's gonna die. And you. (laughs) And you. Yes, you are worthy.